Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the third decan of Aquarius. I hope that you're doing well out there and having a great Friday afternoon. We're going to be taking the new moon through the rising signs. We're going to be talking about all the esoteric symbolism associated with the third 10 degree section of Aquarius. We're going to do an I Ching reading for you today, and we're going to talk about an animal symbol to help guide you along the path. Uh, I'm going to welcome a few friends in here. Uh, please let me know if you are here. Drop me a comment in the comment box here. Let me know where you're stopping in from. It's always nice to see all your beautiful faces as you are stopping in. But before we do that, I'm going to share with you a couple things uh, that I would like to announce. If you are unfamiliar with the work that I do, I am a professional astrologer, and uh, I have 2024 offerings available for you, including a Mythos Natal reading where we go over your um, planetary influences for your entitled natal chart and look over your natal story for your lifetime cycles. We have a Kairos reading where we are looking at the transits for the three-month-ahead period so you can get right timing for the things that you might be planning in your life. We also have a quarterly check-in package that gives you a 10% discount, an oracle session if you want to have a shorter session uh, focusing on one specific topic, check that out. And then finally, there's a Trinity Big Three mini reading with Sun, Moon, Rising, where we can pack an enormous amount of information into a short period of time. So those are the 2024 offerings that I have available for you as well. I wanted to also uh, get you all hip to the Aquarius season sale that I have going on. If you are enjoying these uh, talks that I give here today about the Deccans, I have a series of webinars where I talked about the Deccans in depth in two and a half and three hour long webinars where we go over tarot cards, mythology, planetary influences, fixed stars, all of the things that, you know, different interests that I have with these, these specific placements. And right now, the Deccans of Aquarius is 20% off. You can find that at the store at Spencer Michaud. Com. All 12 Deccan webinars are up there if you wanted to purchase those as well, um, but this one's on sale until the end of Aquarius season. Uh, I also would like to show, show you a little bit about my beautiful partner, Tanya Andrews' magical business, Third Coast Mojo. Right now it is Aquarius season, and of course Aquarius is hosted by the planet Saturn, and my lovely partner has a wonderful offering that is live in the Etsy store right now that is a Saturn in Aquarius election where she was able to harness some of that good Saturn in Aquarius energy. So if you are having challenges with organizing your life and seeing the big picture, this is a great way to harness some of the good planetary energy for being able to uh, bring a little bit of objectivity into your life. So check out Tanya at Third Coast Mojo on Etsy. And then finally, if you are enjoying the work that I'm doing here today, you can support the channel by buying me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. This goes a long way to support the work and the research that I'm doing. It buys me the gift of time so that I can do all of the notes and research and pay my bills and all of those things. You can also support the channel by buying a super chat or a super sticker during the live broadcast with the little dollar sign in the chat on YouTube. Um, I also highly encourage you, if you are new here, to subscribe to the channel. There's a little 
Flower of Life Circle on the YouTube uh, screen there. That's where you can hit that subscribe button and do me a favor, huge favor, please like the video as well if you are here today with me. Okay, so I'm going to welcome some friends to the uh, to the chat. We've got some people stopping in. We've got Uranus Ascending says, hi, Spencer, from the land of Wayne's world. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. Uh, Aurora, are you from Aurora, Illinois? <laughs> it's just, I believe that's where Wade's World was filmed. Or that's his uh, his um, his place of origin. Sorry, I think I have some cat hair in my mouth. <laughs> so that's the curse of having long-haired cats. Uh, so welcome, friend. Reverend Kai is here. We'll get to see your beautiful face on the screen here today, Reverend Kai. Hello from Kansas. Nice to see you, my friend. Hope that you are doing well down there and getting excited for the Super Bowl if uh, you are a Chiefs fan. Michelle is joining us. Says hello from Scotland. Oh, nice. I love when we have our international friends stopping in. Nice to see you, Michelle. And I love the little, uh, what is that, a little... Um, little burr that we have going on here, a native, native, uh, what do we call those things? I don't know. This is, looks like a purple uh, truffle tree from the, the Lorax, but it's those little burrs that are native to those areas. So very cool. Nice to see you, Michelle. KP1231 says, hi from Cleveland, listening at work. Uh-oh, <laughs> well, I'll try not to get you in trouble. We'll try to keep it suitable for work here, but hope that you're doing well down there in Cleveland, KP. And uh, it's good to see you here in the chat again. Mr. Hindsight is, is stopping in, says namaste from rainy and sunny San Francisco. Yeah, it's been rainy and cloudy and all of those things here in Michigan as well, my friend. Uh, we had the sun peek out for about 10 minutes this week, <laughs> which was nice to see it. But uh, yeah, I'm ready for some springtime energy here. Tracy Gorman says, hello, lovelies. East Greenbush, New York here. Nice to see you, Tracy. Hope you're doing well. It's nice to have you join us here again, my friend. Laura Elizabeth says, happy Emolk from Vancouver, USA. Yes, happy Emolk to you as well. Uh, of course, Emolk is the, the cross holiday associated with the, uh, the 1st of February or the kind of the, I guess, the middle of Aquarius season where we're feeling the stirrings of spring, but they're still underground. The ground is pregnant with possibilities, but we can feel something stirring that wants to be born when we hit that spring equinox at the end of March and Aries season. So I'm feeling the stirring. Are you? I'm ready. Maybe there's a little couple little snowdrops or snowbells popping up in your area. It's always nice to see those first signs of spring. Uh, yes, happy to see you too, Tracy. Nice to see you as well. Uh, and your your beautiful daughter there in the back seat also. <laughs> You're just saying, yes, Aurora. Nice, we got we got it right. We remember uh, our trivia from <laughs> Wade's World. It was a great movie, by the way. Michelle Thistle, there you go. Thank you for helping me to spit that out from brain to mouth. Yes, those big purple thistles. Very beautiful. We have some of those in our area as well. Uh, KP1231 says, got the pods in. No worries. Okay, we're, we're in secret, KP. I could, we could say whatever we want <laughs> today, which is a good thing because the sun's in Aquarius and the moon's in Scorpio. We may have to swear it out every once in a while. Kate's here. Nice to see you, Kate. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Nice to see you stopping in on the chat. Big Steph 63 is joining us. 
Uh, from France, I believe, says Michelle, excited to cheer on Scotland and rugby tomorrow. Speaking of the thistles, <laughs> oh, very cool. Uh, is, there a, is there a big match coming up? Uh, we'll have to check that out. Yeah, Michelle says, keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, Jennifer is here, says, working but listening. Hey, that's, you know, this that's life. That's what happens when you go live in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. You know, you can have people listening while they're working. I, I totally, that's totally fine. <laughs> like, I just tried to you know, get it in in the daylight hours so that I'm as fresh as I can be. And a, and a purple purple heart right back to you, Kate. Carol from Mass is here. Says, hi, Spencer and all. Nice to see you, Carol. Hope you're doing well out there and uh, having a good time out on the East Coast. And I'm glad that you're joining us here today, my friend. Okay. Those are some of the, the beautiful people that are joining us here today. We've got a lot of regulars. We've got some new faces. It's always nice to see all of you stopping in. All right, so let's start breaking this down. What do you say? Today we're talking about the new moon in Aquarius 3. Now this is the final decan of Aquarius where we're going to see the new moon on February the 9th, 2024, which is a Friday at about 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, make the proper adjustments for your time zone. That's the Eastern time zone of the United States, uh, which is plus, pl plus five hours G GMT, I think. Um, and we're going to be dealing with a new moon at 20 degrees of Aquarius, which is, is interesting. This is a, a place where we're going to be potentially unraveling some knots, revisiting some of our old karma with the specific purpose of letting it go and moving on. We may feel some frustration. We may feel like we're over something. And this is the beginning of starting to, uh, learn what we need to learn from the old process and gather new information so that we can make a new start. And it's a perfect time for Emok because we, we, we're sort of gathering all of the information from the previous cycles and getting ready for that really beautiful solar, I believe it's a new moon solar eclipse in Aries uh, that's going to be coming up around 19 degrees of Aries when we're seeing the sun moving through that area. So this is really like a preparation where we're pulling out some of the, 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 the difficult knots and getting us in uh, the right headspace for that beautiful independent new start that's coming in the spring. Okay, let's see, let's see. All right. Yes, Kate says, so great seeing all these familiar names. Yeah, we have a beautiful community here that a lot of loyal, loyal listeners that stop in each week. And part of the reason I love doing these live is we get to share these experiences with friends. Jennifer says, makes the afternoon go by with ease. Absolutely, my friend. Okay, so we're talking new moon in Aquarius 3. And I'm going to bring the chart up for you so that we can kind of see what we're looking at here. And I'll start to break it down. Uh, so here is the new moon in Aquarius 3. And I'll give us a bigger uh, picture here. So we're looking at this huge stack up and stellium in in Aquarius okay and I'll I'll try to draw it properly there we go so there's our Aquarius stellium we have the sun the moon mercury and newly ingressed pluto hanging out in the sign of the water bearer which is a little bit of a confusing name because it's an air sign it's more about pouring the sweet purified water and giving information or giving purification to humanity 
in Aquarius mythology, there's many stories uh, regarding floods and flood myths and where the stories where the deities and the gods had gotten kind of fed up with some of the darker, dirtier aspects of humanity. And we're like, you know what? We just need to start over. <laughs> we need to like have a whole new start. We need to uh, return to some kind of uh, social values or some, or some kind of different social values. And that might be part of what we're experiencing here is where we're just kind of fed up with the, the dirty, stinky parts of our life and we're ready to just purify some of those things and move to, towards some new ideals that could help support us moving into the future. I don't know about all of you, but this last week I've been feeling a, a huge need before the Lunar New Year. That's something else we should also uh, acknowledge here with this Aquarius New Moon is this, this will usher in the Year of the Wood Dragon. Uh, which is very exciting. I'm I'm partial to dragon years, being a, a, a monkey myself, a metal monkey. We're going to be dealing with wood dragon here, which is kind of like a, a trine between those two animals. You know, uh, Chinese astrology has all sorts of different aspects with it. It's a whole uh, enclosed system in and of itself. So there's a lot of really interesting threads to follow with that. Um, but dragons in the Chinese uh, pantheon system were were lucky. They were very powerful. They were very unique, um, eccentric on some level. But I think this is a really powerful year for, for moving por- forward towards our chosen path, f- towards becoming more of ourselves. And this lead up to this new moon is a really good opportunity to kind of clear the decks and kind of look at all of the, the ways that you may feel stuck the things that need to go. I've been cleaning out my house a lot this past week or so. Um, I've been getting, I've been feeling my own sense of frustration with trying to replace some clothing items in my home. Uh, I'm not the type of person that buys a lot of clothes very regularly, and when I do, I I try to get things that are quality. And I'm I'm very sensitive as a as a cancer. I'm very sensitive to things on my body and in my environment. So. Oftentimes, I'll have to go through the process of ordering something and then returning it, which has unfortunately happened again here. Uh, But I think it's a great opportunity before you bring in the new energy. And this is where I think one of my mistakes may have been is instead of getting rid of a lot of the old stuff first, I just went ahead and ordered something new first. And I think that that's sort of maybe the reverse of how the energy is asking us to work with this right now. Oftentimes we have to create space for something to come in. And I think that this new moon in Aquarius and the lead up to it is helping us to create space for for the next few months to be able to see where we want to go, to be able to open up energy for the new things that want to come in without, without having to repeat the old challenges and narratives and processes that brought us to a place of stagnation in the first place. And I think that's really important, is how do we move forward with new energy and release some of the things that we haven't, just haven't been working for us, right? And to do that, we have to be objective. To do that, we have to take a sober, Saturnian look at our lives and be able to be an observer uh, so that we know how we can move forward in the future. Oftentimes when we just try to keep grinding away in our lives and we try to just keep doing the same patterns over and over and over again, we end up with the same results. And often those results aren't satisfying. 
So that the gift that Aquarius gives us is being able to go up in our in our metaphorical helicopters or climb to the top of our mountains and to be able to see miles in the future, to see what's behind us, to see what's in front of us, to be able to get out of our own way on some level, to see the types of ideals, thoughts and ideas that actually shape our reality. Like I, I feel like Aquarius and Saturn, Saturn being a planet that likes to bring things... It likes to build from a blueprint, right? And in Capricorn, we're building through a material uh, blueprint. In Aquarius, we're building through the ideals that shape our reality. And this is the kind of thing that shape laws, that shape society, that shapes agreements that we have with other people, and realizing that we are not islands, that we are not necessarily able to just do everything completely independently because our actions have effects on other people and other people's actions have effects on us. And having to learn how to work together to, to potentially go further than we could ever go as an individual is important around this period as well. So those are some of the kind of the big big picture thoughts I have floating around about New Moon Aquarius. We'll we'll dive into some more of the details here in a second. We've got some more friends stopping by that I want to welcome. Mariana Nicotra is here. Says, hi, everyone. Hi, nice to see you, Mariana. I hope you're doing well, my friend. Uh, Kate says, sun, 18 degrees, solar return just ahead of this new moon. Oh, my goodness. So you're going to be feeling this one pretty intensely, Kate, for sure. Uh, Devin Malone is here. Says, hey, Spencer, sorry the Bucks are struggling. <laughs> Yes, and and happy Imbolc to you as well, Devin. Um, yeah, my my favorite basketball team, Milwaukee Bucks, are having some growing pains of their own as they work through having a new coach. They fired their coach halfway through the season, and they're integrating a new superstar in, in Damian Lillard. And, you know, it's all part of the process, right? So one day at a time. Kate says, I always think of Falcor, the luck dragon from the never-ending story. Yeah, that's a great great image for the, the year of the wood dragon, I think, is a, a supportive creature that, that helps us move from one, one state to the next. Devin says, 2024, the year of the stelliums, this roaming band of planets is going to birth a lot of extreme personalities and those being born. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes when we have a stack up of planets in one particular area of the zodiac, folks like that will have very specialized personalities, very specialized gifts, um, which also can lead to having some challenges in their lives as well. Oftentimes when we have too much energy and being directed towards one particular topic or theme in our life, other things can go by the wayside. But we do need people who are specialists as well as people who are gener generalists as well. Okay, yes, people are agreeing with Kate, with the Falcor, the luck dragon. Yeah, it's a cool image for sure. Okay, so this new moon, 20 degrees of Aquarius, uh, we are seeing some themes related to the Seven of Swords. So I'll bring that up in a second. So just keep that in mind. Seven of Swords, we're seeing a figure who is stealing off into the night, leaving something behind, leaving two swords behind while carrying two swords. Uh, they call this card the, the Lord of Unstable Effort or the Lord of Futility, where we, we may be trying to make a plan, but some of our plans aren't necessarily as organized as they could be, and that can be challenging. I often think of this Deccan and this card as coming off our hills that we've decided to defend or that we don't want to die on anymore. 
as a Leo three ascendant myself, the opposite decan of this, you see in the seven of wands, someone who is trying to defend a, a philosophical belief or a position of power or of authority or something of that nature. And when we have something in Aquarius three, we have the opposite energy where we say, you know what, this isn't really a battle worth fighting. It's really just time to move on. We've, we've fought as bravely as we could. And it's a situation that no matter what we do, we might not necessarily be able to to fix it or to maintain our throne of power or whatever. And that's natural. Oftentimes we ascend to a certain position and then just like nature grows into its maturity and then withers, we, we sometimes have to leave behind positions that we grew into uh, to be able to move forward with our lives as well. And there's no shame in that. It's just natural cycles. So this is one phase within that cycle that can help us move forward. Now, one of the things that is, I think, always important to look at is the host of a lunation. And in this case, the host is Saturn. So we have Saturn and Pisces 1 hosting the Aquarius new moon, the conjunction, the stellium, like Mercury, you know, the moon and the sun. But it's in aversion to those planets. And that's a fancy word for saying that it, it can't witness those planets. It has difficulty providing resources to the planets that are visiting its home sign or temple. They're, they, the sun, the moon, Mercury, and Pluto are all guests in Saturn's house right now. But Saturn doesn't have a way to give them the keys or doesn't have a way to tell them where the food is in the pantry or, or what things of that nature. So it can feel a little bit disorientating when we have those kind of energies at play and when planets can't witness their host. This is double, doubly important, and this theme is almost like doubled in, in general, because of the fact that Saturn is in a 10 degree section of Pisces that often lends itself to some confusion. Austin Coppett calls this decan of Pisces the labyrinth, where we are le potentially leaving behind a some kind of material success in search of a higher meaning or purpose. And in this Saturn rule decan, okay, it's a Saturn in its own face. It has face by uh, dignity by face. We may often feel some dissatisfaction, some confusion, like who are we? What what is what do things mean for us? So there could be a little bit of an identity crisis when we go through this. Now, the sun is said to be in its exile in Aquarius because the sun likes to craft a strong identity within us as individuals and say, this is who I am. This is the light that I'm shining. And when the sun is in Saturn's domicile, the planet associated with darkness, sometimes with confusion, sometimes with uh, the collective versus the individual, it might be more difficult for us to figure out who exactly we are within the bigger picture. So those could be some of the themes that we're thinking about as things come up. And with the moon in this decan too, we may feel like we're not necessarily, uh, that we don't belong. We may feel like an outcast. We may feel exiled in our own bodies, in our own communities, in our own homes, in our own families. So this is shining a light on some of the ways that we may feel like an outcast or feel exiled, but to the point where we are ready to do something about it and say, you know what? I'm either going to embrace this lifestyle or I'm going to go in search of where my community that accepts me for who I am actually is. 
And, and, and that's really, I think, a part of an, a really important part of this lunation. Um, I would also point out that we have the new moon squaring Uranus in Taurus. It's, it's really very close to that square. It's just past it, but I would think that we're still feeling this. We're, we're probably going to be uh, needing to do things in a very different way than we've done them in the past. I think that the, the new moon square to Uranus will help us to break out of crystallized patterns and routines. And it may feel like an upheaval in our life. It could feel disorientating at first. But that's part of the process. Oftentimes, we, especially in fixed signs like Taurus and Aquarius, oftentimes we, we really have difficulty moving on and moving forward and breaking out of our ruts whether they are physical routines in Taurus or whether they're idealistic or, uh, or ideal ruts in Aquarius. Sometimes I've, I've noticed this in Aquarius people in my life, that they get very fixed in their, in their thought processes. And sometimes you need to be shaken up. And this, this new moon is going to shake up our thought processes and help us to get out of those old patterns and routines and hopefully be able to embrace a new way of doing things. And this is going to help set up that Jupiter-Uranus uh, conjunction that happens later in the spring, where we really are going to see this, the, the, some of the results and the supercharged changes that we need to make in our material lives. Okay. Checking in with the chat here. Uranus Ascending says, Chiron at 20 degrees, Aquarius opposite. Sun at 18 degrees, Leo. Okay, so you'll be feeling this one too with your Chiron opposition, Uranus ascending, having the new moon uh, opposite um, your sun and conjoining your Chiron. So yeah, this could be a confusing time for Leo folks as well, or just one where we're just feeling like we're not, uh, and I say we as a Leo ascending uh, person, where we're just not the center of the universe, which which is okay. We just have to kind of come to terms with that sometimes is there will be times when the spotlight is shining brightly upon us as, as Leo type folks. There's other times where we have to share that spotlight and, and shine it on others and their unique processes and their uniqueness. And, and that's a good lesson for folks that have uh, Leo stuff. Oh, Devin is asking what house Uranus. Hmm. Well, there's going to be different for each rising sign, but maybe you're talking to someone else in the chat there. So I'll go forward here. Dawn says, a little late getting here, but I'm here now. Blessings to you as well, Devin. Nice to see you, Dawn. Um, let's see. Dawn says, Uranus and Taurus right now. Very happy when it moves on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it will bring us different challenges. You know, sometimes planets moving through particular signs bring us unique, more specifically focused challenges. But um, it'll just be a change. It doesn't to me? I'm, I don't always think of it as better for, or worse. I think that sometimes it's just a different, you know, process that we're going through. Devin says, "I like the Seven of Swords as creative solutions." Yeah, that's a great way of thinking about it in the positive as well. It really does lend itself to unorthodox solutions, and we'll we'll talk more about that as as I show. I'm going to bring up some of the slides related to Aquarius three in a minute here. Kate says, feels like a bit of flooding the deck with dirt, at least with Jupiter and Saturn sextile. You know what's interesting about that, Kate, is that one of the interesting stories of um, the Hercules myth and the 12 labors of Hercules, 
which some scholars relate to each sign of the zodiac, like each labor related to a specific sign, is that one of those labors was him redirecting a river uh, to clean out one of the, the the, to clean out the Aegean stables, that which had, hadn't been cleaned in a thousand years. So could, it could be not just dirt, but we're trying to flush out all the that manure in our life on some level. Um, yeah, so that, I, I think that that's an apt, apt way of looking at it as well. Steve of the Jupiterian is here, says, I'm looking forward to this upcoming stellium and Aquarius happening in my third house. Oh, good. So you'll probably be dealing with a lot of communications potentially or people are dealing with neighbors or siblings or something like that, Stephen. And we'll break that all down when we get to the, um, the, the seeing this new moon through the houses. Okay. Uh, Jennifer says, always feeling more creative during this season. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity. Like it says, Gemini rising, Cancer sun, Pisces moon, Saturn and Aquarius, trine Mars and Gemini natally. Yeah, so with, with Aquarius season, you're having all that stuff lit, lit up in your chart. Um, it is a good time to be creative, especially with Saturn and Pisces. And I will also say, especially with the Saturn-Mercury uh, sun conjunction that's going to be happening at, at the end of February, uh, I've been kind of you know, taking in various astrologers' thoughts and opinions on this. And one of my favorite astrologers, S.J. Anderson over on Twitter, check him out, um, was talking about creative breakthroughs that happened around that Saturn-Mercury sun conjunction in, in past decades. And we had one in 1965 when Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001 Space Odyssey was either beginning being filmed or was released or something of that nature, uh, which really shook shook people and turned the, the film industry on its ear. Uh, and there were some really interesting um, musical things that came out around that period of time as well. So uh, yeah, it's, creative breakthroughs could be coming in February for us for sure. Devin says, Uranus asks us to innovate the house topics it moves through. Yes. Um, so, so piggybacking off of what Devin is saying, check out where your Taurus topic is in your specific rising sign. And that will help you to uh, figure out where you might need to have a whole completely new routine potentially. Don says, Uranus has been moving through my sixth, and, and Lord, I'm, I'm over the disruptions. <laughs> uh, I believe that Laud, L-A-W-D, is a, a southern phrase. Don, are you from Mobile, Alabama, if I'm remembering <laughs> that uh, correctly? Particularly health that I've never experienced in 50 years. Um, yeah, definitely some, some changes if you're having Uranus going through your sixth house and in your health and how you might need to take care of yourself potentially. I love all these comments coming in. Michelle says, my diamond is at 18 degrees of this in my, and this is my Aquarius fifth house perfection year. I'm already feeling and witnessing huge shifts. Wow. Yeah, that is powerful when we have our, uh, I believe, lot of spirit or a lot of diamond is, is lit up that can give us a whole new sense of purpose in life as well. Okay, so I'm going to keep going, friends. Uh, these are amazing comments. I wish I could get to every single one of them and put them all up on the screen. But in the interest of time today, since we still have to go through uh, some more uh, esoteric information and rising sign horoscopes, we'll keep on moving. But keep the comments coming. And please do me a huge favor. Like and like the, like this video today if you haven't already and subscribe to the channel. I love seeing all these new new faces and, and old friends. Okay, so we have this new moon that's squared Uranus and Taurus 3. The other, there's two more 
really interesting aspects that are happening within this particular new moon or or features i guess i should say we do have mercury squaring jupiter uh that is mercury will be applying to a square to jupiter from aquarius one to taurus one so here is these this square right here of aquarius mercury so there it is mercury at seven degrees and then Jupiter at eight degrees of Taurus. So this is an interesting thing too, where we're gonna be kind of thinking about how we can utilize the resources that aren't normally put to use potentially. Uh, Mercury loves to ask questions. It loves to cast doubt on things. So we may be asking questions about how injustices in our life Okay, number one, which is a theme of Aquarius 1. We also may be asking questions about how we can utilize Venus ruling this Deccan. Materials of either unorthodox materials or materials that society may have discarded. One of the, just a a mundane story that I hope will not bore you too much, but uh, this week I've been trying to purchase a new set of underwear (laughs) because i haven't purchased new underwear in quite some time and i was doing some online shopping and trying to do some research into more sustainable materials and i came across bamboo as a sustainable material um, for my underwear and i i received these in the mail and then upon further research realized that the, the process that went into making what they call bamboo viscous there's a three different types. It uses a lot of toxic chemicals, and, and that was very disappointing, and I'm having to send them back um, and find a different version of them. I think bamboo in general is a very sustainable material, but the process that they were using to make this is chock full of chemicals. And one of the, I, I just have been experiencing a lot of extreme frustration this week, thinking about how, first of all, we are so attached to things like fast fashion and that a lot of the ways that we create goods is toxic and that is has planned obsolescence built into it and how difficult it is to to find quality items that don't have some of these toxic chemicals within them and it's so frustrating it feels like it should be easy, right? It should be something where we're not feeling like we have to swim completely upstream to find something that A, will last, and that B, isn't going to poison us. And, and this is true with our food systems. This is true with like our agricultural systems. We, we have to work extra hard to stay healthy. And a lot of it is because people are choosing profits over the well-being of human health. And this could be part of our square with Mercury to Jupiter here too, is we have an awareness and we're asking questions and we're an awareness of injustices, awareness of of some of the things that bother us about our, how we organize a society. And it's making it difficult to expand our material resources. Like our our idealism is running headlong into just a base, a need for the basics. Like at the end of the day, your neighbor, your friendly neighborhood astrologer needs some new chonies, okay? And like, if, if you're constantly having to be married to your 
the perfection of your ideals, what's going to end up happening is I'm just going to be wearing my old underwear that have like a million holes in them. <laughs> so, so there may have to be some compromises that, that you, you make. Uh, and Don has the great, this is me and my partner have been joking about this, says, makes me horribly sad, Spencer, how we get bamboozled by folks preying on those of us trying to help the planet. Absolutely. And that was a word that Tanya uh, told me over the course of our discussions with this is, look, we got bamboozled. <laughs> you know, like you think you're doing something nice. And when the, the item that comes, like one of the items that I received wasn't even bamboo at all. It was made of like rayon. It's, it was advertised as bamboo. And then when you actually read the tag, it was rayon, which is very, very frustrating trying to figure out what is, uh, <laughs> what is real and what isn't and getting items that, that you believe in. So I guess that's a long way of saying that our ideals may come into conflict with are the way that we support our material needs within this particular new moon. Um, and I don't have a great answer for you. It also, this also could be a great way of saying, if you have any underwear recommendations, send them my way. <laughs> if they're sustainable and organic and somewhat affordable. I guess at this point, though, I'm less, I care less about whether they're affordable or not, because I guess I'm willing to pay for something that is quality. I'm a firm believer in spending a little bit more to get quality things that will last and that aren't exploiting either our planetary ecosystems or human beings or animals or whatever it is. Like it's, and it's hard. Like I said, it's, it feels very much like we're swimming upstream to find that. Um, so this is, this is very, that's, that I think is part of the, the challenge in this new moon is having to to navigate those idealistic waters and just the way that society is organized when we have a desire to to do things that are you know good for the collective steven says no good deed goes unpunished yeah absolutely um <laughs> big Steph, big Steph as an Aries rising says, "Live a little, Spencer. Go commando." <laughs> Spoken like a true, a true Aries rising. Big Steph. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's it, you know I appreciate the sentiment. I will say that I live in an area that's very cold. <laughs> like we need some support. The boys down there need some support. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, I, I appreciate the, the 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 sentiment for sure. Don says, "LOL, Sag twinning." Yeah, Don, you and you and Tanya definitely have the the Sag uh, bamboozled uh, kind of unique way of saying things coming together for sure. Uh, Laura Elizabeth is here. Says all this Aquarian action in my third house. I'll be on a cruise. Lots of new experiences. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, you'll be able to get get kind of a big picture um, view on a cruise too. Sometimes when we get out of our regular routines and our regular everyday habitual patterns and uh, the way we go about our business, it really helps us think about things in a completely different way. Yeah, people are appreciating Big Steph's <laughs> humor there, for sure. Uh, Steven says, sprinkle holy water on your underwear. Although, Spencer, you may be getting ready for space travel. <laughs> According to George Lucas, there is no underwear in space. Oh, this community is fun. Um, I'll keep that in mind, friend. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to be traveling in space anytime soon, uh, and unless me and Jeffrey Bezos start hanging out. But 
fuck that guy, so probably not. <laughs> um, if you've been following along with the channel, you know I'm not really a fan of the billionaire class and or any of them who are trying to exploit the planet just so that they can colonize a new one. Although, you know, my dad's a big Star Trek fan, and there is some part of me that is curious about space exploration, so I, I understand the, the sentiment for sure. But let's, let's work on keeping this planet uh, as healthy as we can. Okay, let's see. Yeah, I know you're teasing big stuff. Yeah, it's funny though. Uh, people are appreciating your humor. <laughs> Spencer says you maybe spit my drink out. Fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. If those of you who haven't seen um, uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, I, I highly recommend it. It's a really great like one man show that came out at like the height of the isolation energy of the of the pandemic and he has some really great thoughts on and songs that are about jeffrey bezos that are pretty funny and 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 critical uh and rightfully so because um yeah like i i ordered that was my first mistake is ordering underwear off of amazon and, try, and supporting that guy uh and and then you just don't get what's advertised right it's it's all a big scam so i, I Frustrated with that, but yes. Uh, naturalized alien residences. I'll take any bamboo underwear as, as soon as it's not as soon as it's not ch uh, Chinese manufactured. Um, we imagine conditions they've made, and that's why they're so cheap. Yeah, that's a that's a challenge. That's a challenge, friend. It's a challenge. Um, the conditions that people are making our clothing overseas, and a lot of our the companies that are doing this are because they uh, want to cut costs and they're valuing profit over human lives. So absolutely important to, to know where your, your textiles are being made and making sure that people are doing that in the best conditions possible, for sure. Don says, I'm not a fan of Bezos, Gates, or Buffett. Keep them coming, more predators. Yes, 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 I think that one of the things that Pluto and Aquarius is going to help us with, I hope, is redistribution of wealth and, and a re-equalization of some of the wealth that's been hoarded by individuals. We've already, I saw something in the news, again, via my good friend S.J. Anderson, who's been on the channel here, that there were farmers in France have started to um, push back on some government regulations over there, and we're, we're protesting some of the, the practices and uh, you know, which has made their job very difficult. And I think that we're only in the very beginning of those types of energies that are going to start coming up, where we see people start pushing back on exploitive systems, whether they're the government, whether they are corporate, whether they are individuals that have hoarded resources. It's not just one thing. Um, and the most dangerous thing, in my opinion, is when a government starts to become controlled by corporate interests, and then you have an, an oligarchy. So so those are the things that we're probably going to be working towards dismantling uh, in the Pluto and Aquarius generation. Okay, let's see. Kate says, I do see a continuation of folks being done and over it. With big companies, big politics, unions are doing more now than ever before. Absolutely. I think it's really important to support people in unions right now, because those are the organizations that are trying to help, you know, advocate for, for better treatment of the workers and fair treatment. 
Um, I know people have mixed mixed opinions on all of these different political challenges, and and I don't have all the best answers. You know, I don't have every single answer that's going to make everyone happy. But if, like I said, if you if you've been following along on the messages that I broadcast here, at the end of the day, they're they're ones of sharing, they're ones of trying to do what is best for not only for other human beings, but for other species, uh, for the planet itself, for the organism and the ecosystem that keeps us all healthy and alive. And or maybe almost seeing that we don't necessarily have to be the center of every single universe here. The, getting off of the human-centric uh, version of history and of how we organize things, I think is really important moving forward too. Um, because we don't necessarily have to be the center. And if we keep centering ourselves, we're going to destroy ourselves. And that's, that's a really important realization that we're going to have to, to work through. And that is very Aquarian, okay? The decentralization of anything, of a government, of a, of a, a species, of a planet, etc., is we're learning that we, to, to survive, we can't feel like everything revolves around us and our particular needs. We have to see things as interconnected. This this new moon is going to help us with that, whether we like it or not. I know that know that sometimes it's difficult for us as uh, as human beings who have been taught that we are stewards or that we are the, uh, the dominant species or things of that nature. But not for long if we keep going down this this path that we're going down. Okay. Uh, Kate says, I just finished an email to policymakers and actually said the words, you just said profit over people. Absolutely. I mean, this is something we're going to have to start working through and working away from. Davin says, my Pluto research has seen that Pluto and Capricorn shows the issues. Pluto and Aquarius are the ideas that come forward to challenge those issues, but it's a struggle. I like that, Devin. That's that's a really great way of thinking about it. Um yeah, because we are going to need new ideas to help move us forward. We're going to have to have new ways of organizing and exchanging resources. We're going to have new ways of creating energy that will support uh, the work that we're doing. Uh, we may have to learn how to live with with less, um, which is not a, a bad thing. I know that that when people hear that, they get frustrated because they're like, I'm already living with less. And I think that when we live with quality over quantity, that that to me is the real real abundance and and this has been very much shown to me in my attempts to just like literally buy a support system for my body uh is that it's so hard to find that quality and you really have to dig into the the stories of where your things are created what they're made of and it's a lot of extra work. I think that's what people have trouble with is, again, it's like paddling upstream. The easy thing, and, and I don't fault anybody for taking the easy path with a lot of these things because we have busy lives. We're all trying to survive. We're all trying to just pay the bills, organize our lives. Sometimes we don't have the time to like go down a journey for every single thing that we buy. And that's what's so frustrating is we shouldn't have to. The options that the easy options should be the ones that are good for people and good for the planet. So again, I agree with you, Devin, and, and I'm hoping that some of those good ideas will become more accessible 
with Pluto in Aquarius instead of having it be this huge effort for everybody who who cares about these things and they're being resisted at every turn. Yeah, Kate says not any single person should have all the answers. Absolutely. We are all individual points of light with something to contribute. Uh, Devin says, so everything we saw, Arab Spring, Occupy Wall Street, Black Lives Matter, housing, labor, and our ecosystem, all those Capricorn, Pluto and Capricorn issues, Pluto and Aquarius will help us to challenge that. Yes, bring it on is what I will say. Uh, Kate says, I love that, Devin. That's what I see in Mercury and Jupiter aspects, sounding board ideas. Absolutely. Steven says, Pluto and Capricorn was the shakeup to get us ready for this point in time. Yes, it, it just shows us the, it shows us the corruption in our, in our systems. And... Again, if you look at the cards, and let's go to the cards here. Let's let's take a look. Um, oh, the last thing before I move away from the chart, friends. These are all great comments. I love the discussion that we have of this. Because instead of just telling you how you might experience the new moon in Aquarius, we're doing a very Aquarian thing here. We're, we're having a, basically a town hall uh, meeting where we're all kind of seeing from different facets of our own individual unique experiences, how this might play out, how our own viewpoint may affect uh, how we think about this, and creating space for all of those different viewpoints and ideas to come to the fore. And th that's the type of thing that we'll have to do moving forward in this Aquarius time frame, this period of Aquarian change, is leave room for all of the, that multiplicity of perspectives and ideas. Now, one last thing I want to show you before we move away from the chart is that Mars is going to be very close to the degree of exaltation at 28 degrees of Capricorn. So even though it, this Mars isn't making an aspect to the new moon, I have found that the astrology of a lunation, you should take into account what all the planets are doing because it's going to have an effect on how it's going to play out. So we, we have a giant spotlight on our objectivity, maybe growing frustration within a situation that we're trying to unravel and revisit to move on from. And I'll explain why that might be the case in a second. But, but we have an opportunity with Mars near the degree of exaltation to take actions that could be very practical, uh, that could be very measured, and that could have long-term ramifications, okay? And maybe even in the interest of delayed gratification. Mars is very effective at this degree of exaltation. Now, this can also lead to uh, expanded violence in our collective stories and things of that nature. But as on an individual level, this is an efficient Mars that is able to say, okay, I have a strategy for how I'm going to utilize my energy. So strategic thinking is very much supported in this new moon, in my opinion. Okay, so those are kind of the features of the, the, the chart of the, the new moon itself. And I'll check back in with our, our lovely chat here. Okay, let's see, let's see. Got so much going on here. Don says, the problem I see is we're always going to have to do the work. There's always going to be corruption, and I think that's the work, staying kind, kind ourselves when we, when we live through it. Yeah, absolutely. Corruption is a part of life. I mean, if something becomes organized, okay, 
eventually it will fall into disorder and into entropy. I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of how energy works. Things are held together and then they fall apart. And that's normal. That's natural. What, what, like you said, Don, the work that we have to do is to, to pay attention to those things that have fallen into disrepair, disorder, and to start to either take the pieces and make something new from it, or to like return the, the pieces of the previous cycle to the earth and let go of it. That, that works for ideas too. Some of the greatest atrocities have been uh, exerted on humanity and the planet because of outmoded ideas and ideals. It, even ideas that worked at one point. If you're using the same method, I, I say this a lot on the channel, but if you're using the same method for something that worked in the past for you, and it's not the appropriate solution for the issue that you face in the present and into the future, it's, it's corrupted, right? It's not working anymore. It doesn't mean that you, are, you were wrong in the past. And this is how I feel like we can communicate with each other when things need to change. When we deal with ideas that need to move forward progressively, oftentimes what we do is we demonize the idea that may have worked in the past. I think that's a huge mistake because all that does is that makes people defensive and it causes people to dig their heels in. If you can help people understand that that method may have been the right one in, in the past, maybe using fossil fuels in the past might have been a way to advance humanity. Now we can argue about that and we can talk about how destructive it actually became in real time, but there were, there were some pretty amazing advancements through that technology where now it's not the right answer. A lot of the, the fossil fuels that we're using are, have ceased to become the right answer. Instead of demonizing what we did in the past, we have to say, it's just time to move on. It's time for change. Don says, I just don't see life ever being utopian as much as we hope and wish for. We just have to keep working toward it ourselves. Yeah. And that's, that's another great point, Don, that I think that we should really acknowledge is that um, the age, quote unquote, the age of Aquarius that we see through like the 1970s and the hair musical and all of those things, it's not really the way that Aquarius was treated in the myths associated with it, in traditional astrology. Um, it is... <sighs> It's something where we definitely are trying to potentially move on to a different experience, but it is Saturnian. It is, I would say almost Pisces is a more a utopian type of idealism where we're, it's very emotional. Utopia is like an emotion, to me, an emotional response to something where we want something to be perfect and it's, it's through our imaginations. And being able to accept the flaws in being incarnated and in material processes and the imperfection of trying to find a one system that fits all, it's, it's tough, you know, and it's not an easy thing to do. And that's why it's important to leave room for multiple perspectives, as long as it isn't harmful to other people. Do you see what I'm saying? If you can have your own way of doing things that does not harm others, then I find it to be viable. But if your pers individual perspective does have harmful effects on other people, it's not a viable system. Simple as that. 
Michelle, thank you for the super sticker, my friend. Appreciate you. Nice to see you here, my Cap Rising friend. Hope that you are doing well and always appreciate your generosity. Um, if, uh, if any of you would like to make a donation to the work I'm doing here today, like Michelle, you can hit the little dollar sign in the, in the chat on YouTube. It's called a super chat or a super sticker, and it goes a long way to supporting the work that I do here. Uh, you can also buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com after the fact. Painted Turtle says, Uranus and Taurus has been very humbling already. Comfort is inconsistent, but it's very character building. And you really understand how little you need, you do need, or the ways you can adjust, uh, you can adjust not seen before. Yeah, it's shaking up our ideas of what security means. I agree with that for sure. Um, I, this morning before the broadcast, I went through my I know, again, I apologize for the mundane nature of this, but I went through my sock drawer and I, I realized that I had a, a, like six pairs of socks that just had holes in them that I was hanging onto that I never wear because I look at them like, that makes me feel like a hobo if I put those on my, on my feet or, or unhoused or something like that, which is difficult, a difficult experience for anybody. But it, 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 I think that when we have things in our space, that are dysfunctional and that are not working anymore. Sometimes we have to let go of them before the thing that can come into our life will be able to be of assistance to us. Now, that's not to say that if you have holes in your socks, you're a bad person or something like that. There are a lot of people in the world that just can't afford to buy new clothes. And I, I want to make sure that we acknowledge that and that, uh, People are struggling day to day just to put food on their plates, let alone figure out if their underwear are made in an ethical way. So I'll, I'll backtrack on the previous statement a little bit because I, I didn't mean it to sound so harsh on that regard. Um, but I will say that oftentimes we need to let go of things that we're hanging on to out of uh, nostalgia, out of fear of not having enough, out of stubbornness, I guess, as a Taurus moon, like maybe you Taurus moon folks can relate to this, but I'll wear something that's my favorite until it's literally falling off my body. Cause I just, I'm like, I'm comfortable. I don't want to have to deal with figuring out something new. Uh, but that eventually becomes the wrong answer. Uh, Mr. Hindsight says that Mars will be on my mid heaven. That'll be fun. Maybe this will be some really great time to take some action out in the world for sure. Stephen says Mars will score my natal Mars and Aries during this new moon. Yeah, that could be bringing up some, some challenges with how you direct your energy. Uh, just make sure you, you take, uh, take a few deep breaths during that transit for, for sure. Kate says, yes, turtle, discomfort compels change. Absolutely. Uh, Michelle says, I've had so much energy with this Mars and my first Capricorn rising. I guess that's to be expected. Yeah. Mars is not necessarily a bad thing if it, we have it in an angular house. Sometimes it can help us release things that aren't serving us. So that's a, it can be worthwhile to examine what's going on with that. Kate has a question. It says, thoughts on the Mars-Neptune aspect? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good catch there. So what, um, what Kate is referring to is this new moon in Aquarius having a, a sextile with Mars here and Neptune. I think that the Mars-Neptune aspect, 
Mars and Capricorn is very practical and very earthy and very much mm, trying to create a blueprint to work through our bureaucratic organizational challenges. Now, when you, you match that up with Neptune in a sextile, our idealism, our uh, desire to maybe sacrifice for the things that we believe in is enhanced. So you may be taking those actions, but in service of a belief system that is important to you. I would also say that sometimes Neptune conjoining or aspecting a planet can dilute its energy. So there may be some confusion around how we are directing our energy with a Mars-Neptune aspect, although it is a, a helpful sextile instead of a challenging square or opposition. Yes, this was hoping it's more on the cut through the BS side versus the pathological liar side. I mean, it could be both. And it's often how we choose, right? How we choose to use it. Uh, how we choose to engage with a planetary influence. I would also point out, friends, it's important to remember that we can't we can't always describe the planets as this is my planet or this is... I have to do what this planet is telling me to do. Um, I tend to land on the side of the planets are omens that show us events that come in our, like actual events that are going to come up in our lives. But they also are, are influencing us to take certain actions and make certain choices based on where they are in our charts. And you can choose, that's where I think the pronoia and the free will comes in, is you can choose to follow that instinct and oftentimes we do, just through our through our base ignorance, which the ancients would call a non-ke, just through not knowing any better. We'll follow those impulses. There's certain likes and dislikes that we've been following in our lives. But once we become aware of that through astrology, and the, to me this is real, one of the real gifts of astrology, when we become aware of how the planets are influencing us, we get to kind of take a, a, a more objective viewpoint and, and feel in the moment when those impulses are arising, and through our mental, emotional, physical discipline, we can try to make a slightly different choice. Now, we aren't always successful. Sometimes those planetary influences are just too powerful. But the, the attempt itself, I think, is, is the, and the process itself, I think, is important. Like, for example, today, the moon's in Scorpio. Being a Cancer sun... I woke up feeling really not great. Like I didn't sleep very well last night. Um, my <laughs> the 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 theme of this live stream today is unsatisfied desires in in regards to uh, undergarments. And said undergarments that I was wearing for the first time were very uncomfortable and made it difficult for me to sleep. And uh, I didn't sleep very well. So the, the planet may be influencing a discomfort. Now, the choice that we make in this moment is, are we going to allow our physical discomfort to cause us to have a negative experience? Or can we try to transcend that negative experience and move forward with that? Now, I know there are many of you there in the chat that have Scorpio moons natally and that there are positives to it. This is just spoken from the subjective perspective of the Taurus moon that loves to be comfortable. And when I'm uncomfortable, 
I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> I'm not in a bad mood right now, but but you all can relate to to like not feeling your best and like losing out on some sleep and then feeling uncomfortable. So that's my long-winded way of saying so I think that the plants can help us understand what we're being influenced by and help us move forward. Yeah, Jennifer says Mars will be in opposition to my son at 28 degrees of Cancer. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm having Mars opposite my Mercury right now. So if I'm a little spicy today, I apologize. It's it's a Mars it's a Mars Mercury opposition for me. So uh, I feel you there, Jennifer. Kate says just because you haven't changed doesn't mean that you've failed. Just that there's more trial and error to navigate. As long as you're trying and keep trying and keep improving, absolutely. And this is what uh, I've been trying to remind myself about: um, just the process of going through and finding the right things as well uh, and the right goals you know oftentimes we get really frustrated when we try to fix something in our lives that has been bothering us for a long time whether it's a relationship whether it's something in our environment that's broken or that is worn out and sometimes the first solution isn't the right one but as kate is pointing out each step that you take in the journey is going to bring you closer and closer to the right solution, the right answer, the right relationship, the right parachonies, okay? <laughs> if you want to use that example again. Um, so I agree with that. And I think that that's really important to remember is we often think about things in pass-fail. And I think that there's a lot of gray area that comes with that. And, and we're getting from point A to point B. Painted Turtle says, I'm excited for Pluto and Aquarius. Uh, it is like instant nourishing fertilizer to all that has been grassrooting in communities. If we seize the opportunities, it will be very positive in so many ways. I agree. I like that way of looking at it. Absolutely. Steven says, I've had the song, The Age of Aquarius, stuck in my head since Monday. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, well, Maybe you and Big Steph can go run around commando <laughs> like they do in the in the uh, the musical hair, uh, singing the Age of Aquarius. Dawn, thank you so much for the super sticker, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you for your generosity and for supporting the show today and for your your wonderful gift. Uh, yeah, thank you as well, Kate. Appreciate both of you being here today. Jennifer says you can work towards an, a utopia, but it's like approaching infinity. It can't be reached. I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment. And I think that, honestly, some of the greatest atrocities that we've seen in history have been in uh, what someone considered in service of trying to reach a utopian type of society. I think that it's really dangerous. I think utopian type thinking is is very dangerous sometimes as well. It's not leaving room for diversity or for other ways of being and for imperfection that oftentimes aren't a problem, right? They're, they're just the diversity of experiences that we have. Mariana says, Gemini Ascendant, I want to emigrate because of love and adventure, but I'm so afraid because I have a respectful job, although I don't feel satisfied. Well, Mariana, we'll break that down for you when we get to the rising sign horoscopes here, especially because this new moon is going to be in your ninth house, which uh, is associated with long distance journeys. Mariana says, I'm surprised by the exact square to Uranus of the lunation, how to predict or prepare to the unexpected. Absolutely. So we'll, we will we will uh, dive into that uh, very, very shortly here, friend. 
Um, I think that this is a probably a, a very unique opportunity for you to to make that change and and to shake up your routine, especially if it if it involves moving onto a new country. Aquarius has a lot of themes with uh, people who find themselves in, in exile or in a refugee or in a, in a country that they're not familiar with. Uh, so this could be one of the more important turning points in your life as well. Uh, Kate says, I'm looking at the aspect. At least my question was really down to planetary strength. And if you delineate the sextile with positive implications or meh. Um, let me just parse that out in my brain for a second. I've been taught that sextiles are of the nature of Venus because of their relationship in the Thema Mundi or the, the teaching chart of Hellenistic astrology. So I do think sextiles are generally supportive. The way I look at a sextile is it's, it's good fortune that's kind of coming to us through not necessarily through our own effort, it's through the supporters that we have. Whereas a trine might be through maybe the actions that we're taking, because Jupiter is more of a planet that encourages us to take actions that will bring us honor and merit through our own awareness. So I do think that with the Mars-Neptune aspect, it could be positive, but maybe through accepting some of the challenges that we have to go through and accepting that not every portion of, of our vision can be perfect, right? That we, we have to accept that there isn't, and that's one, one utopia that fits all, one, one size that fits all type of utopia. Okay. Oh my goodness. Wow. Look at all your wonderful comments here, friends. You all are such a great community as far as sharing. Stephen says, in 29 days, I'll be 54 and finally move out of a sixth house perfection year and into a seventh house perfection year. Health and routine. So I'm over it already. All right. So we'll break that down for you, Stephen, when we get to the, the rising signs here today. I'll try to touch on that for you. Uh, Don says, I had a rough sleep night, woke up anxious in the night, which is really odd. Started to ask if anyone else was having issues, but held off so I wasn't a downer. Glad to know that I'm not alone. Yeah, it was it was a tough sleep night. I, I, and, and it's good to know that I'm not alone in that either. Maybe it's Maybe it has something to do with the Scorpio moon, with the moon being in a place that is, it's not comfortable, right? It's not to say that we can't utilize our lunar consciousness in a scorpionic way if we have it natally but through traditional dignity it's a place where it's 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 having to make compromises and that that physical discomfort which the moon is related often to the body and sometimes to sleep right the moon comes out when we're sleeping or we may have some discomfort sleeping Panter says, Spencer, this existential talk on underwear is hilariously what I needed today. Good. I'm glad I could provide some lightheartedness to you. Again, sorry if it's too mundane for some of you out there. I will, in my defense, I have a stellium in the second house in Virgo. I have Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars in Virgo. And this is unfortunately a pattern for me because I have Mercury retrograde and Cancer hosting all of those planets from the 12th house. So it's been very difficult for me to decide on things that will support me, second house things, whether it's, a, it's, a, it's like people in my life or whether it's uh, items that I want to purchase or things like that. I go through an enormous amount of indecision and research and things like that. And there's nothing to me that's more frustrating than going through all of the research 
and then it's still not being the thing that I need. So I get a little bit emotional about that sometimes and frustrated with it. And it is part of my malefic journey with Mars and Saturn to, to be able to work through some of those difficult thoughts, especially when it comes to things that I own or purchase or foods that I eat or things of that nature. Not everyone will have those types of challenges. Um, you may be going through a very different journey with the, the malefics in your chart, but I appreciate Painted Turtle, all of you humoring me with that because in my subjective experience, it's actually really painful to go through the, sh the quote unquote shopping experience and to receive things of a different quality than you had expected. So while it may seem funny and it is funny, it is just, let me, let me point this out. It, it is funny. And I think that one of the greatest things that we can do is learn to laugh at our fo foil foibles, <laughs> follies. <laughs> I don't know how to say that word. Um, and I've had to learn over the years to laugh at my own journey with this and almost to come to expect that when I finally decide on something that I want to replace in my life that I probably will have to go through a revisiting process and it might not be the final answer. So I hope that it, that's at least instructive for, for some of you out there today. And yeah, Don says it's making me feel so much better. I, I have, I, I appreciate that. And hopefully that is one of the things that I will help other people to engage with in their life is that, you know, humor is a really, really healing way of dealing with challenges. Um, earlier this morning and yesterday, I was, I was really upset that my bamboo underwear were not fitting me that, that, that I, first of all, I also bought a size that was too small. Like I, I'm having also throughout this journey, having to come to terms with my changing body as I age and that I'm not, I'm not the same size I used to be. And that's okay. And that I can love myself no matter where I'm at in my journey and then coming to terms with the the reality of a solution that needs to to shift um this is where i come back to the 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 point where i was talking about what was previously the right solution what was previously the right size maybe is the right size now for who and what i am in the in the present and into the future so there are emotions that are wrapped up in those realizations as well and we're just going through that process right yeah, Steven says laughter is so needed during the last quarter moon in Scorpio. Absolutely, my friend. Because these can be heavy times because the, the sun's in its exile, the moon is in its, uh, its fall, okay? And oftentimes it's a difficult time for our both our bodies and our minds and, and our spirits. Big Stuff says, pain and truth, seriously, I was thinking too much about it. Organic cotton with a drawstring? Elastic isn't natural either, but it keeps your knickers up. Yeah. You know, I, 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 not to belabor the point too much longer, but my previous uh, undergarments were cotton, and uh, I had ones that had like the fabric that goes over the the elastic band so that it doesn't chafe on your hips, and the new ones I got didn't have that, and I wore them for like a day, and they were just so uncomfortable. They were first of all they were too small, and imagine like a a waistband that feels like a a steel like chastity belt just grinding into your hip like then try to sleep through that so that was that's been my experience for the last 24 hours <laughs> I'm just 
uh, I felt so good just putting my old underwear on today. I'm, I'm not wearing the new ones. And uh, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Kate says, I know we're all talking about making change, but I think I'm just going to focus on making brownies. Good. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to get some comfort food in there, right? Uh, Kate says, thank you, Spencer, earlier really, too much. You give us so much. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate your dedication. Oh, thanks, Kate. That makes me feel good. I'm, you know, I try to, to, to have a, a healthy balance between dealing with the serious challenges in life and then lightening the mood up because... At the end of the day, life's too short to take everything and yourself too seriously. Um, I love being able to laugh at our shared astrological placements and influences, because if you really get down to it, a lot of the planetary influences in our life cause us to do and act in ridiculous fashions. Like the fact that I need to like spend hours researching bamboo underwear is kind of ridiculous. And at the end of the day, I can laugh at that. And I hope that it, it gives everyone the permission to laugh at some of those things about themselves. Don says, yeah, I think those who have a natal placement deal with it easier because it is a natural state for them. Yeah, like, and everyone's challenges are going to be different. What What is challenging for me may not be a problem for anywhere else. I, I talked to my friend on the phone the other day who's, he's a Leo, and I'm like, I was asking him like, where do you get your, where do you get your underwear, man? What do you do with this? How do you, how do you get quality clothes these days? He's like, I don't even think about it. He's like, my wife buys me stuff, Th stuff that shows up for Father's Day and whatever. I'm like, oh man, that would be great. He just, he doesn't even go through any of that thought process, and that works for him, you know. So, so there's, there's so many different ways of experiencing a human life. Uh, Don says, don't you have Taurus in your chart as well, Spencer? My daughter is Taurus rising with a Libra stellium and has a horrible time and cries when I try to get her to decide or shift. Yes, Don, I have a Taurus moon. <laughs> so, uh, feeling comfortable is really important to me. And, um, my body is super, super sensitive and small changes can completely throw me off. So this is why it is so hard for those of us with Taurus placements because we're very tuned into our bodies and we have a lot of difficulty if we're uncomfortable in our in our physical skin or shell. Rachel's here, belated. My Mercury and Pisces is doing its thing today. Hello, the Friday Shea Spencer community. Hello, Rachel. Nice to see you, friend. We're talking about uh, the difficulty in finding both ecologically friendly and comfortable undergarments today in in response to the new moon in Aquarius 3. So welcome, my friend, and hope you're doing well. Uh, Kate says, Painted Turtle, you're spot on. Underwear, sustainable underwear. It's a perfect metaphor for things I'm troubleshooting right now. All right, good. Rachel says, Spencer, I empathize. I have a, this stellium in Virgo and trying to be a satisfier rather than an optimizer just feels, ugh. Feeling that, Rachel. One of my, I do a tarot card pull every day and the, the card I got for the day was the Nine of Cups reversed. And that card is often associated with satisfaction, right? And it's this feeling of dissatisfaction that we will be bringing into the new moon, but also that we have to sometimes temper. This is something that Saturn and Pisces, to bring it back to the astrology for everyone, it's really asking us to say, what is, what is good enough, right? What is, instead of having to 
yeah, optimizer is a great word. My, my other friend who has this stellium calls us maximizers, where we have to make sure that we're doing everything to its fullest potential at all times. It's exhausting. Okay. I mean, you all see this every week. I try to do this with the, the astrology forecast. And at a certain point, I have to say, well, I've done enough with this three hours later, right? Uh, but, but these are things that we work through, especially with Virgo placements. And if you have a lot of Virgo placements is what, how can you be satisfied with things in your life? Which is what Pisces is asking us to do. This is what is enough rather than how can it be the, the perfect thing? Because eventually it'll lead to pain if you keep, keep on trying to pursue that, that unrealistic ideal. Kate says, the time supposed to dedicate my question truly helped me see. Oh, good, Kate. I'm glad to hear that. Appreciate, appreciate you, friend. Devin, thank you for the super sticker, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you for your generosity. So Devin says, I love how you don't shy away from personal stories that illuminate how the insignificance can still be meaningful. Oh, Devin, thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for supporting um, my journey here as well, both materially and philosophically. I, I appreciate your contributions to the to the channel. And thanks for giving me space to be me. Um, that's that's one of the gifts that I feel that we share on this channel as we give each other the space to be themselves. And I'm I'm happy that that I'm allowed to be myself here too, and and to to shine a, a light on some of the smaller mundane things that that we all go through in our lives that that aren't insignificant. I've always t told people that the universe isn't as worried about scale as human beings seem to be. Uh, there's an entire universe in a, in a little drop of water in your backyard. And it's, it's really, I think, interesting to see that sometimes and to appreciate that. So thank you, Devin. Rachel says, online shopping and the sheer breath of choice is not helpful. Oh, you're preaching to the choir here, Rachel. And it, it, that was the challenging thing. When I, so I, uh, I ordered some pajama bottoms. And the same brand, the same size, was a different material in a different color. So I thought I was ordering something that had one material. But since I ordered a different color, it was the cheaper material. And that, that kind of thing drives me absolutely fucking crazy. Like, so you're right. Sometimes it would be nice just to have simplicity. And I think that this is a reflection of unfortunately, some of the challenges of late stage capitalism where people are just trying to find any advantage to, to increase a profit margin, even if it's being a little bit deceptive in their advertising, if it's trying to make a, a variation of something that will make them stand out. And, it's, and everyone's trying to get a piece of the pie and a piece of the, the whatever. And it is frustrating. Um, Man, I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than just going out in your backyard and like pulling a carrot from your garden. And I say that because that's the simplest act that you can do instead of going to the grocery store and having to figure out whether you get the baby carrots, the skin on, the skin off, the, the, the ones that are packaged in plastic or if they're in mesh or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? Like there's, there's something beautiful about going out and connecting with just nature and seeing what it would provide for you. Now, I don't know how that applies to socks and underwear, but unless I'm going to go back to like 
the mid 1800s and start darning my own socks and underwear, which I seriously considered this week. <laughs> we may have to make some compromises. Oh, Painted Turtle says, Spencer, I totally understand. As an environ environmentally conscious shopper myself, I similarly struggle. I approach it by choosing my battles in this way. Underwear, socks, and shoes I buy new. Yeah, those are very tough things to, to reuse. I, I am a, a thrift store, Salvation Army type place shopper myself, but those are things that it's very difficult to, to buy secondhand. So choosing your battles, is a, that's a really good way of thinking of this new moon in Aquarius too. Remember I talked about those hills that we may decide we have to die on. As a Leo three ascendant, I try to die on way too many hills based on my ethics or what I perceive as my ethics and my beliefs. And this new moon may be teaching all of us that you can't always defend every single philosophical belief with the energy of a crisis or a siege. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the opposite energy of this Aquarius new moon is defending your territory with every ounce of your courage and being. And sometimes that's just, you just don't have to. It's just, sometimes that's a waste of energy, depending on what it is. I'm not saying that that's not true in all circumstances, because there are definitely things that are worth defending. When when it comes to my food, I don't compromise as much with my food. I I don't want to put chemicals in my body. I, I don't want to eat them if I can help it. So I will make choices to spend more money or choose organic food or, or make it myself or things of that nature and make simple things without a lot of added ingredients. But when it comes to these things, socks, underwear, shoes, sometimes it's like, ugh, so much fighting upstream. I even had a conversation with someone today over toilet paper, where a lot of our toilet paper is has forever chemicals. I was reading an article about the bleaches and dyes and garbage in toilet paper that could be leading to people having cancer. And I just, as someone who lost a mother from cancer, I, I get really, uh, I get really upset about all that. Um, and my mom, bless her heart, was someone who very much subscribe to convenience culture and would rather buy something cheaply that was full of chemicals. And she was bathing in chemicals in her, in her home with cleaning products and all those like petroleum candles and garbage um, that I really strongly reject that. Uh, when you When it becomes personal for you, when you lose somebody with something like that, it really shifts your viewpoint on it. And it, it does make it almost a life or death endeavor and struggle. So this is the lens that you're hearing this through. Someone who's lost someone to cancer and sees that the system that we have is very difficult to be healthy within. And I'm sorry to make it so heavy here, but those are this, that's my experience. Pantero says, almost everything else is thrifted in, think, in the thinking. No one is making anything new for my body. And two, lots of older garments do have natural fibers, which is hard to come by now anyway. Absolutely. This is another reason I don't buy th things very often is that the older thing that I have, even 15 years ago, was much better made than what the newer thing is now. Uh, 
<laughs> Big Steph says, look, you tried to sleep in those all night? Makes me laugh. Why not change the old comfy ones? Hell of a trial to put yourself through. Well, Steph, you got to know if they're going to work or not, right? You know, if you, that's, uh, if you can't sleep in them for a day, you know, you know that they're not going to work. And there's always second guessing that happens like, oh, what if they're going to stretch out? Or, and this is the thing we go through when we go through processes. Sometimes we have to test things out and we have to feel the uncomfortableness before we know it's not the right thing for us. Jennifer says, with Mercury Sun co-present in the second, I totally get it. Patience is a virtue. When it's ready to happen, it will happen. Yes, I believe that. Uh, Kate says, I was in poverty and being frugal is part of survival. When I am able to afford when buying something is, is easy, it still isn't easy based on patterns in my life, guilt, and the angst. Absolutely, Kate. And that's, that's a point that I was trying to make earlier, too, is that uh, some of us don't have the choice or the, the means to be as picky about these things. And I think that's a real failing of the system. That's when the system becomes failure, is that people who are just trying to afford to live in life have to make these compromises and the, the only options that are affordable to them are ones that are either toxic for their body or toxic for the planet. And that's not fair. And that shouldn't be the way that it is. It should be easy to find things that are good for you and for your body. It should be easy to find healthy food instead of having to wade through aisle after aisle after aisle of poison in your grocery store through all the added chemicals and food. The food industry is another thing. Don't get me started on my rant about the, the corporate food industry because they're just trying to make up things uh, to get you to buy stuff and like the profit margins and things like that is just like, I don't know. But I digress. But I feel you, Kate. And it is really tough to navigate some of these waters and especially when we're just trying to survive. Yeah. Yep. That prior comment was supposed to say it was raised in poverty. No, yeah, I, I hear you. I've gone through periods of of lack in my life, as well as abundance. I, I had affluent grandparents, but I grew up with a single dad who got himself into a lot of debt. And we lived very frugally uh, at various times. And we did have some support from my grandparents, but there were times where we were trying to make Hamburger Helper go a couple extra days. And um, I come from one side of my family was very, very frugal. They were their ancestors were Mennonites, so you can imagine uh, that mentality being passed down from generation to generation. Don says, isn't it odd how different we all can be? I was homeless several times in my teens, and I'm the exact opposite. My Sag helps me believe that I deserve comfort. Oh, that's good, Don. I'm glad that you are able to, to be able to... Uh, give that to yourself because sometimes it's just different the way that we deal with our our traumas right you know we're all going to have a different response to to the challenges that we've grown up with but you do deserve it don you you deserve clothes that fit well and that are made of quality materials rachel says it's totally exhaust exhausting and we are only expecting it of ourselves i'm learning little by little to recognize the beauty in good enough but sometimes it's not there absolutely Spoken to all of us Virgo placements out there in the world. Okay, I am ch looking through the chat. So many good things. I'm sorry I can't get to every single one. Devin says, I hear the Scorpio moon in everyone's comments today. Deep, fixed, fixated, personal, conflicting, and emotional. That's why Luna is seen as fallen in Scorpio. It can bring out brooding in the depths. Yeah, Devin, 
I believe Devin is a Scorpio moon native um, and has been able to help me see some of the 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 bright side of that placement. And um, yeah, you're right. There is there is a lot to unpack when we have a Scorpio moon. And, and here's the thing. Just because a planet is quote unquote ill-dignified based on traditional astrology's definition doesn't mean that that placement for that planet doesn't have a purpose in our unique human experience. Maybe today is a great day for shining some of that lunar light on some of our things that bring us pain and the things that bring us emotional turmoil. And eventually through our sharing and our communal support of one another, we're able to start healing and transforming some of those challenges. So I think we're all allowed a little bit of, uh, I don't know, commiserating today. Rachel says, food claims on products are totally deceptive. I do like the Virgo ability to parse and see through those. Amen to that, Rachel. I've, I've been just, the way that I'm dealing with food lately is l less processed, less packaging, and less ingredients. If it has a list of like 20 ingredients on it and I can't pronounce half of them, it's probably not going to be healthy for me. Yeah, very Scorpio moon today. Don says, totally makes sense. Devin, I've been burning sage and blue lotus all day to chill out. <laughs> well, I'm glad we can provide a safe space for our collective venting. Rachel says, I like their finding space for lightness, some lightness and laughter. Well, we're, we're trying. The, that's maybe my maybe that's my Taurus moon defense mechanism is trying to lighten lighten the mood or, or maybe even Venus and Gemini. Yeah, we got a lot of agreement here. Rachel says, me-centered question. As an Aquarius, I'm allowed from time to time. Yes, you are, Rachel, absolutely. This new moon is two days following my birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Rachel. Given that it occurs after, how influential might it be for my solar return? Okay, so this new moon is two days after your birthday. So Rachel, what I would say with that is that this, your solar return chart that will happen on your birthday will have a balsamic moon in it versus the new moon. So I would say that this solar year upcoming for you will be more about release and consolidating your wisdom into a, a legacy or a seed to be passed on to the next cycle or generation rather than one of initiation of a new pattern. And, and that's based just solely on the fact that that's the lunar phase that you would be having baked into your solar return. So you may have the moon um, the, in Capricorn for your solar return chart potentially, which could also give you a different vibe as well with the moon in its exile, a little bit of a different energy potentially. But some of the themes will still remain, especially like the the solar themes we've been talking about, the 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 Mercury Jupiter square that's going to be perfecting over the next few days, um, and and having Mars and Capricorn is 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 a positive for your chart, depending on where it is and what its role is. Kate says, "I'm a fixed rising Leo Sun Aquarius. Everything else is in sixth house Capricorn, except malefics in Scorpio with Pluto. The chat always seems to echo the stars, especially the moon." Yeah. Um, I feel as a Cancer sun with the moon on the midheaven, 
I tend to tap into some kind of emotional zeitgeist when I do things publicly, or I'm feeling what the collective is feeling, and we are holding space for it. And that feels very much like what's happening today, as well as we're just kind of airing some discomforts, some grievances, and hopefully healing together with that. KP says, I lost my mom to ovarian cancer when I was 19. I despise cigarettes for the same reason. Absolutely. When, when a tragedy becomes personal, when a flaw in our system and in our health and toxicity of our environments becomes personal, it really, it, it, it changes your perspective. It, it, and we can't fight every battle is what I will say. Some of us are, are touched by that tragedy so that we can become the voice and the advocates for that particular challenge. Uh, so KP, losing a mom to cancer, may make her an advocate for stopping smoking. Myself, losing a mother to breast cancer and then subsequently a, a severe stroke um, makes me an advocate for not having toxic chemicals in our environments. And like I said, my, my mom was someone who used a lot of toxic cleaning products. She had candles going all the time that were, that were petroleum-based. Um, her house was just a soup of toxicity. And I tried, to, I tried to talk her out of it many times, but it, sometimes people can change when they want to and sometimes they won't. So we can't, we can't save everybody, and that's frustrating. But when you lose somebody, if, if that experience can help you to save or help advocate for someone else's health, I think it's worthwhile. Or we can turn really just shit into like something better. That's it's not to say that the experience, I, I, hate, I hate, sometimes I hate when we have to say, we go through all these experiences because we had to learn something to do this and that. I think that's one way of looking at it. Sometimes we can just acknowledge that we went through some fucking terrible pain. What we choose to do with it is our own business. Not everybody's going to choose to like save the world if they've gone through a, a galling, horrific loss in their life. And if you don't choose to like go save the world because of it, that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to process your pain personally. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh my God. So many good comments, friends. I'm going to have to start moving towards our rising signs so we can, so we can get out of here with, a, with enough time for me to eat my dinner by 4.30. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm so old, I'll like eat dinner at 4.30 now. But that makes, that's easier to sleep if you eat earlier. Rachel says, this feels right, uh, about right for this upcoming year. I like the idea of turning into the moon phase for our solar return. Yeah. And, and again, it's, there's, there's a lot of details where I'd have to look at your specific solar return to, to kind of parse all of it out and how it's interacting with your personal natal chart. Um, but those are just some of the basic thoughts I had about having that balsamic moon before the, the, your uh, birthday there. Pan Turtle says, I often wonder if the placements in ancient astrology like the Scorpio moon were seen as fallen because of a very different cultural value system. It was probably very difficult to move in a society in a society as a Scorpio moon. Now I feel there's a bit freer movement of expression and creativity to move that energy 
And we can see the very valuable and unique experience that is a Scorpio moon. Absolutely. Great comment. And I think that this is something that, that Devin would confirm too. I mean, I mean, here's an example. Devin is a butcher. Like, like he, it, the moon is often seen as a, a nurturing, growth orientated planet. Like, Devin works in, in death, but he creates nurturing through his very martial activity. He creates sustenance through through death, right? So that and those that's necessary. There there are some uh, roles like that that are necessary for a society to to function. So yes, I agree with that. And often the values of an ancient astrological system have to be updated for modern sensibilities. That doesn't mean that we throw out all of the synchronicities and organization of that system. We just have to learn to speak about it in a different language and, you know, a, a decolonized language, a, a more equal language. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes what the, the things that play out with having some challenging experiences do still play out in modern terms when we have an ill-dignified planet. And we can choose to to grow our characters from it, or sometimes we choose to surrender to our more base impulses that could get us into trouble. So again, that, that's where the choice comes in with astrology. Okay. Wow, this is a great chat today. Great chat. Tracy says, hey, Spencer and everyone, have, have been able to get to those wonderful have been able to get to those wonderful healing sessions for a while. So good to be here today and so helpful. Oh, nice to see you, Tracy. Hope that you're doing well out there, and I'm glad that you're here. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see, let's see. Oh, Stephen says, Puxatawney Phil declares an early spring. Happy Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's nice. So did he did he see a shadow or didn't see a shadow? That Today is Groundhog Day. We're I love that movie, that Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. It's a great movie. Rachel says, you have permission to zoom through the rising signs and zoom off to eat, Spencer. Oh, good. <laughs> we'll try to, maybe we will go a little quicker through that today. Okay. Healing group. Oh, good. Glad to see that. Okay, friends. Awesome comments. Keep them coming. If you have questions, uh, maybe even highlight a question, Okay. Uh, we have one last comment coming in here. It says, poor Puxatani getting yanked from his cubby by those top hats again. Poor little guy. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, he didn't ask to be our, our weather vane. <laughs> so um, let's start moving forward to the uh, to the, the rising signs. Although I will, let's go through one last slide here. First of all, I, what I haven't done in, in the midst of all this is had a stretch break. So this is a good opportunity for us to listen to our bodies despite the the uh, the fallen moon and say, okay, are we going to stretch out? We're going to get those hips loosened up. We're going to get some blood flow to our bodies, to our brain, uh, crack all our joints. Oh, man. I also did a lot of snow shoveling this week, and um, I'm feeling that as well, friends. Oh, I, I ran into a plow guy this week who, who I thought, for those of you who missed last week's rant, <laughs> it was about a plow person that didn't come to my, I live such a, 
a very simple life. Um, but it was because the plow guy didn't that I hired didn't come to our right address and still tried to charge us. And I ran over to the neighbor uh, who had another plow guy out thinking it was our person coming to the wrong address again. And it wasn't, it was a different guy. But the gist of that conversation was, hey, will you come plow our driveway too? Uh, and he would, but he was like, but I'm not gonna do the shoveling because shoveling's a young man's game. And I was like, you're right, it is. <laughs> it was, uh, that's when I started trying to shop for a snowblower. Uh, so there's the continuation for of that. And, and I'm sure that I haven't gone down that rabbit hole and I don't know if I have the energy to like go through another uh, existential crisis around a major purchase. So uh, we might save that for another season potentially and I could give my poor stupid brain a break. Okay. Oh, yes, the sun is out, Jennifer. We had five minutes of sun uh, this past week and here's our, our second solar uh, energy for the day. So maybe I'll need to get out and get a walk. At least he didn't plow for your nemesis. <laughs> Which, oh, the the lady that harassed me across the street. <laughs> that, she and I made peace, Kate. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, um, if you've been along the channel long enough, you'll know that there was a lady that was very adamant about feeding the groundhogs in my yard and kept coming into my yard to feed the groundhogs. And... Uh, one day I was not having a good day and she kept coming into my yard and I kind of lost my cool and was like, you need to stop coming into my yard and feeding those groundhogs. Like they're cute, but you're making me feel uncomfortable when you just come into my yard randomly. Um, and she didn't take that very well because she has some mental health challenges. Um, and after the fact, every time she would see my partner and I walking around the block, she would yell obscenities at us and uh, tell us how much of assholes we were, <laughs> things like that. And, uh, finally, we had to pull her aside and be like, look, this needs to stop. You need to stop shouting at us. What do we need to do to, to like make this right? I'm, I'm sorry if we made you uncomfortable. Like, Let's just move on. And Since we did that, it's been fine. So I'm, I'm glad that that has uh, worked itself out. Okay, do me a huge favor, friends. Please like and subscribe to the channel. If you are new here, you're, you've come on an interesting day during the Scorpio moon and the Aquarius sun. Uh, we're, we don't always often go down these, these, these tunnels of discontent, but today we are. And, and we're, we're healing through our collective uh, challenges today and supporting one another. Um, but do me a huge favor. Please like the video if you're, if you're enjoying the broadcast today. Subscribe to the channel if you're new that really helps us to get our message out to the most amount of people. Okay. Um, let's see. As always, you can go to spencermichaud.com as well if you want to sign up for a reading. I am a professional astrologer. I love to hold space for my clients and, and help to witness your journey and help you to understand and get clarity about what you might be going through and hold space for you as well. And you can follow me at Spencer Michaud uh, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Threads as well. Okay. So what we are going to, to take a look at here is we are going to 
bring up to the screen one more dive into Aquarius 3 here. So Aquarius 3, just let's let's give ourselves some some themes to think about for this new moon before I take you through the rising signs. At the beginning of the show, we talked about all of the features of the new moon. It's in the last decade of Aquarius. It's hosted by Saturn and Pisces 1, challenging us to think about different narratives in our lives, that ones that may be keeping us stuck and things that we may need to let go of to move on. We have the new moon square Uranus and Taurus 3, so we we'll probably have to... Uh, actually, Taurus 2. Um, we are probably going to have to work on shaking up our physical routines, and sometimes that may come into... Uh, conflict or discomfort with our idealism, which we've been discussing today. The challenges of of having a certain set of of ethics and ideals, and also the need to to have a basic support system for our physical uh, needs and like the bottom of the hierarchy of needs. It's it's very easy to be. Um, stubborn about your ethics when you have the resources to be able to afford ethical things. And that's part of the problem, is that things that are ethical and healthy aren't affordable. And that's, that creates a problem for, for everybody. Uh, and then finally, we've, we were talking about uh, Mercury square Jupiter and some of those same issues and, and Mars near its degree of exaltation for this new moon. Now, what you're seeing here is a slide from my Decans of Aquarius webinar, which is on sale for 20% off right now. So you can go to spencermashow.com if you want to purchase that and hear all of my thoughts on Aquarius and, and two and a half to three hours of just Aquarius-focused stuff, which incorporates tarot, it incorporates diamonds and spirits, uh, fixed stars, etc. But with Aquarius 3, here we see the Seven of Swords, and we see a figure stealing off into the night with seven swords and leaving two behind. So the, the real interesting thing that I think about Aquarius 3 is the, the spirit associated with it is Osiris. And Osiris really teaches us through the mythology of its story to be able to learn that we may have to try to gather up the pieces of various ideals, of various experiences, try to see how they fit together, in our bigger picture, and then eventually help that to birth something new and then move on. If you're unfamiliar with the story of Osiris, the basic gist of it is that Osiris was murdered by his wife, Isis's brother, Set, and Isis tried to, to resurrect uh, Osiris, and then Set murdered him again. In various versions, there's different types of versions of the story, but Set eventually split him into many different pieces, and Isis had to collect those pieces, resurrect him, so he's a resurrection god, and then through their final coupling, which is a fancy word for sex, uh, they gave birth to the, the next god that was worshipped, Horus. And then eventually Osiris went to the become the lord of the underworld. He couldn't maintain that form. 
So you can see some of, if we see and apply those teachings to the third decan of Aquarius, we can see that we may have to revisit something. We have to, may have to collect knowledge from our past to birth something new, and then finally to discard something that isn't serving us. Okay. Okay. So themes. Releasing and untying old karmic knots. That's Austin Kopic's title for this particular decade. The growing frustration that we may have in a situation that's been entangled with other parts of our life for a long time. Departure from a difficult situation. Growing disgust and frustration. Oftentimes we don't leave or, or move on to a new situation until our current situation has become completely untenable. Speaking as a Taurus moon, this is often how situations work in my own life. I don't really like making changes unless I'm so uncomfortable that I just have to. Like, uh, like my pajamas, for example, they just have like holes in them, in the knees, in the butt, everything. And I've just been wearing them for years and they're more whole than fabric at this point. So that's the, the, the discomfort necessary to finally move on and to, and to try to find something new. And in your own life, you may have a situation where you have more holes than fabric in a certain situation. Maybe not literally, but, but figuratively. You may have a relationship where there's more holes than, than unification. Uh, and you might need to learn how to, to move forward with that. But you may have to examine you know, the, how you got from point A to point B. So knowing when to quit is another theme of this Deccan. I often tell the story of uh, Simone Biles with this Deccan because a few years ago in the, the last Summer Olympics, Jupiter was tra traversing this Deccan and Simone Biles is a Pisces. So it's feeding her, her um, Jupiter was feeding her Piscean sun, her identity. And with it moving through Aquarius 3, uh, she was... Was it? something was moving through Aquarius three? I believe it was Jupiter. I'm just thinking. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it wasn't. No. Well, neither here nor there. Something was in Aquarius three. There was a full moon or something like that in Aquarius three during those Olympics. And I apologize for fudging the details. If it wasn't that, I'm pretty sure it was Jupiter. But I'm thinking about how long Jupiter's cycle is, and that doesn't necessarily make sense to me, but I c it could be wrong. Um, maybe I'm overthinking it, which is another theme of the sun in Aquarius 3, is too many thoughts, right? Uh, the point being is that she gained honor and merit for knowing when to quit, knowing when to stop. She was having a lot of challenges uh, unstable effort, right, which is the name of this ca card, where she was trying to do uh, a, a very complex aerial maneuver off of like the, the what was it, the, oh, you know, what is that thing called? The launchy thing. <laughs> but um, she was having what was called the twisties, where she was losing confidence in her ability to, uh, to do the, the, to do the um, the maneuver, and it, that can be very dangerous for a gymnast. Like if you land improperly doing those very high maneuver 
maneuverability aerial moves, you can die. You can break your neck. And she took a lot of crap for uh, sitting out and saying, I can't participate in this. But eventually she had a lot of honor and merit for doing that. So she knew when to quit. She brought honor and merit onto herself for knowing when to say when. So that might be part of what we're looking at here too. Uh, detachment, divine discontent, embracing the unknown. I often tell the story with this Deccan and then the Deccan that comes up afterwards of the story of, of uh, Frodo from the Lord of the Rings as well, where he has seen too much. He can't go back to the Shire. He's like, he says, you know what? I've seen too much. I've had too many experiences. It's time for me to go off into the West. It's time for me to retire into the, the land of the elves, right? And this might be what we're feeling too, is we, we've, we've, we've seen too much. We know too much. This is another Aquarian thing is, is sometimes you can get paralyzed because we see how the, the game is played. I've often felt this with the Aquarius South node is I have trouble living in a modern society sometimes because I, I feel like I see too many of the connections and that one action that I'm taking may have a negative effect on this person and on this person. And it frustrates me um, because there, there's, it almost feels like there's no actions that we can take as individuals that don't have reper negative repercussions for somebody else somewhere. And that can be very paralyzing if you have Aquarius placements in your chart as well. So this is something to think about with this new moon also is, are we getting paralyzed by thinking so globally that we just can't take any individual action? And that can, that can be a problem. So we have to work through and have balance between meeting our own needs and being able to serve the greater good. So questions that you can ask yourself with this Deccan and this new moon. What situation in your life is no longer tenable? How can you make a graceful exit? Uh, what can be salvaged from the situation? What wisdom have you brought with you? Uh, what debts need to be paid? Oftentimes before we can move on from a situation, we have to pay our dues or pay our debts. How can you use your detachment to your advantage? And then what will be born from this liberation? That's an important one is... You know, when we're leaving something behind, oftentimes we get fixated on what we're leaving behind without the knowledge that we're actually moving something towards something that will make us happier in the long run. Okay, so that's the Deccans of Aquarius here, my friends. Let's take a look at the rising signs. Look at it through the houses. So I'm going to bring up my screen here. And we'll figure this out. Thank you for your patience today. Okay. There it is. All right. So there is our first rising sign. So this is Aquarius rising. We're doing the new moon. In Aquarius 3, for Aquarius rising, you are first today, Aquarius, and you deserve it. So Aquarius rising has the new moon in the first house, a really important new moon for Aquarius risings. This is something where we are uh, working through a new identity, potentially. Okay, Aquarius rising has gone through some changes and is going to go through some changes with Pluto moving through that house. I've often felt like 
those of us with fixed risings, Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio, have really important roles to play in the Pluto and, and Aquarius time frame because we're going to be having that planet angular. It's going to be very personal for us. We may be helping to usher in some of those changes. And as an Aquarius rising, many of the themes we've been talking about probably resonate with you as far as knowing when to quit, um, knowing when to be an objective observer, knowing how to encourage people to make long-term sacrifices for the greater good, or not even just long-term sacrifices, just thinking with the long-term benefit in, in, uh, in mind as well. So that's the other thing. We, we, often we think of things as like what we're giving up, but if we bring the benefits in and help people to see why it would be beneficial to make changes in their life, that can be equally as important and sometimes much easier to convince people uh, to follow. So, there is going to be a square between this lunation and Uranus in your fourth house. So, there could be shakeups in your routine and related to your home, related to your family, related to your foundation. Uh, you may be needing to move on personally, and that could be a little bit shocking to the people in your family. You also are probably asking yourself a lot of questions about how you support yourself, Aquarius Rising with Saturn in your second house hosting this lunation. There needs to be a lot of narrative shifts around what you put into your body, what you, how you support yourself with your resources, how you make your money, what is yours versus what is someone else's. All of those things can be uh, beneficial to examine during this lunation cycle. And keep in mind, friends, this is really one of the, the moments of pregnant possibility like we experience at the cross holiday of Emolk or Imbolk. I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Some people say the, the B is silent. Others say there's a little bit of a B in there. Um, but it's a cross holiday that is associated with the pregnancy of the ewes uh, or the sheep where we are seeing something stir, beginning to stir under the ground. So great time for all of us to get objective and to feel the stirrings of a new start and to connect that with the eclipse that's coming, I believe in late March, early April, when the sun is in, in Aries. So look for this personal evaluation, self-evaluation, Aquarius Rising, to help you make a powerful new start in your third house related to your community, related to your neighbors, related to your, maybe your siblings, or related to your trusting your own intuition over the orthodox systems that you may be a part of. That's another third house signification is trusting your own inner wisdom versus what someone or what, what system tells you that you should be or do. Okay. All right. That's Aquarius Rising. Oh, Painted Turtle. Thank you, friend. Amazing show today, Spencer. That Aquarius 3 slide is so helpful. Good, good. I'm glad that you've been here today. It says, gotta go. Have a wonderful week until beautiful, until next time, beautiful people. Thank you, Painted Turtle. Thank you for sharing your experiences and for your wisdom here today. Yeah, take care, friend. Okay, let's move forward to Pisces rising. Oops, let's move that one here. Pisces rising. Okay, Pisces rising. Here we see 
the new moon in your 12th house. It is hosted by Saturn in the first, although it is an aversion, and it is making a square to Uranus in your third house. Okay? So here is our setup here. So, 12th house new moon, Pisces rising. This is a place of retreat. It's a place of solitude. It's a place that traditional astrologers would call self-undoing. In my opinion, the 12th house is a place of rebalancing. Um, I connect the 12th house with the joy of Saturn. And I, I like to think about that house as related to the myth of Ur, where we see a, a, a Roman soldier passed into the afterlife who is choosing lots for his next life. And he's trying to, to weigh the pros and cons of which type of life to incarnate into. So some of the self-undoing that we experience could be indecisiveness through, through which direction we want to head. And that could pull us away from a sense of self-empowerment. Now, being a 12th house son and Mercury myself, I have found that having planets in that house puts you into a liminal space, which is the space in between worlds. It also is an opportunity to rebalance some of the planetary energy that is moving through that house. And I say that because Saturn has what I consider a secret or not so secret signification of being able to increase that which is lacking and decrease that which is uh, excessive. And because the 12th house is the joy of Saturn in traditional astrology, it's going to put each of those planets through a Saturnian reckoning. So this is a good opportunity for you, Pisces Rising, to think about anything that's excessive in your life and, and maybe reduce it, or anything that is lacking in your life and potentially increase it. Uh, there is a square between all of those Aquarian planets and your third house with Uranus in the third house and Jupiter, okay, like the Mercury-Jupiter squares over the 12th and the third house. So be, be careful that when you're going through the rebalancing process, that it doesn't pull you away from a sense of self-empowerment and create problems with your your siblings, your extended family, your neighbors. Uh, you may have to do things in a new way to trust your own intuition, to trust your gut, potentially. You may have to establish new routines uh, and be able to work through just getting yourself out of a particular rut. Yes, even a Pisces rising can get in a rut or a, a habitual way of doing something especially with Taurus in the third house. That's, it's funny to me, like certain rising signs have weird stubbornness that we wouldn't normally associate with them because of the house, houses that those fixed signs are on. So a Pisces rising, while their, their own particular character may be very changeable, they may have very, very stubborn routines or they may desire personal comfort in their immediate environment over a lot of other things, and changing that may be difficult. So this is an opportunity to make those changes. Um, with Saturn in your first house, Pisces rising, just a really important time for 
for getting realistic about what is or isn't possible, especially when it comes to your dreams and with the mythologies that you've been crafting your life around. Okie doke, you got this. It could just be a really reflective and restorative period. Pisces rising, you've got a big stellium coming for your first house, like a a big moment on the 28th of February, where you're going to have Saturn, Mercury, and the Sun all coming together in your first house, could be a real big breakthrough. So this could just be kind of the calm before the storm, potentially, where maybe it's okay just to t- have a timeout and to take take it easy without having to force the issue. I found that navigating the 12th house is a lot easier when you surrender rather than trying to force something. Okay, that's Pisces rising. Dawn says, thank you for the 12th house insight as a stellium holder. It resonates. Good, Dawn. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I've lived it, so I'm just telling you my experience. <laughs> and it 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 definitely feels true to me. Like, I I don't think that the 12th house is as much of the the big boogeyman that traditional astrology wants to make it, but it can be. Um, but there are ways to navigate it, I think, that that can that we've had to learn, you know? This, before I get into Aries Rising, just f- forgive me for one more personal anecdote related to the 12th house. I was looking at, I'm going to just pull this off for a second. Um, I was looking at the chart of Bill Watterson. If you're familiar with Bill Watterson, he is the artist and author of the Calvin and Hobbes comics. And I love Calvin House. Probably one of my favorite, favorite things as a child to read. I felt like so philosophical reading that comic strip. It was so deep, but also irreverent. And that's a combination I really enjoy. And I was thinking about Bill Watterson and seeing him come up in the news as he has a new book out or something like that. And he, he disappeared at age 37 or 38. After 10 years of doing that comic strip, he just said, I'm done. I'm just going to disappear. I'm just going to, you know, do whatever in my house. And I'm like, you know what? I really relate to that. I wonder what his chart looks like. Sure enough, Mr. Bill Watterson, uh, I believe was born July 5th, 1958, is a Cancer two son and a Leo rising with the sun in the 12th house. And, uh, and I also had an experience where at about age 37 or 38, I completely left behind a creative career and started something completely different um, and have become a little bit more of a hermit, even though I show up on these live streams each week. I just thought that was really interesting synchronicity and an example of someone who has lived in the liminal spaces of the 12th house. This is in relationship to talking about the 12th house, where much of his life was, was... after Calvin and Hobbes was dealing with disappointment around how people had tried to license his material. Like where you see like Calvin pissing on like a Chevy symbol or something like that. That really drove Bill Watterson nuts um, because he was very idealistic about Calvin and Hobbes. It was an expression of his, both his innocence and his philosophical reverence for nature and, and for, for the human experience. And to see it degraded like that was painful for him. Um, but I thought that was just really fascinating to see. And for those of you who are curious, 
uh, I did write a song. It's called Homicidal Psycho Jungle Cat. It's about Calvin and Hobbes. You can find it on my Spencer Michelle Music SoundCloud and on my Spencer Michelle Music YouTube channel in a live uh, show that I did at the um, Hollerfest in the cabin a few years ago. It's fun. It's a fun little tune. Maybe someday I'll play it on the, the channel. But check that out. And I just thought that was an interesting syn- synchronicity and a very interesting 12th house um, experience of just saying, you know what, I'm, I was empowered in a certain way and I'm just, I'm over that. I'm going off into the liminal space. So maybe that's an interesting uh, way to think about things too. Okay, let's go back to Aries Rising. Thank you for that little digression there. Um, let's see. So Aries Rising. Aries Rising, you're going to have the new moon in your 11th house. It is going to be hosted by Saturn in the 12th. And then there's going to be a square to Uranus in your second house. So Aries Rising... This could be a new start of potentially leaving behind a group that you've been a part of. This could be the beginning of unraveling some karmic ties and karmic knots between you and a, a, a group that you share values with or did at one point. And maybe those values have shifted. Maybe your values have shifted. Maybe the values of the group that you were a part of have shifted. And it might be increasingly frustrating to, to stay in that environment. You may be wanting to go off on your own liminal space journey with Saturn in the 12th house. There also could be a shakeup with the way that you engage with the group and your own physical resources. You could be trying to do something new financially in your life and trying to bring that into alignment with the group's values could be difficult. So it's okay to make a new start and it's okay to have a different budget or something like that. There could be just some difficult communication around how you manage the resources of the group, potentially. The good news, Aries Rising, is that you've got an awesome eclipse coming in the spring that could really be empowering for your independent journey. So hang in there until that period of time and and go go through and uh, tie up the loose ends before this really powerful new start around the spring equinox. Okie doke. Jennifer says, as a Pisces moon in the 10th house, surrendering and observation resonates. Everything comes out in the wash, (laughs) right? Mm. Yeah, it's important. It's important to surrender to the things in our life sometimes. Within reason, part of the beauty of having Virgo placements is the dissatisfaction and disgust that you feel with certain situations allows you to engage with it and to make changes. Sometimes if we surrender too much to situations that are unhealthy for us, uh, we just that's when we, we embrace the martyr side of, of Piscean placements. So it's always a balance, right? The Piscean folks can teach us when we need to surrender and when we need to stop getting involved and in trying to fix or change something. And the Virgo placements can show us when we shouldn't have to put up with something for that long of a period of time or when we are just self-flagellating as far as... Uh, not taking control of our life when we need to. 
Isn't that beautiful how those things inform one another? Okay, let's keep going. I'm just going to keep rolling here. Yeah, Kate says, discontented. At least we understand that we aren't alone in this. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's great about our community here, friends. Get to go through these transits together. Okay. So, let's talk Taurus Rising. Okay, Taurus Rising. Taurus Rising has an angular new moon in the 10th house. Okay. So you can see that big stack up there in, in your 10th house. You could see Saturn in the 11th house as its host. And then the square with Uranus in the first. That's a pretty big set of uh, angular placements for you Taurus risings. All of the fixed risings are probably going to feel this one pretty intensely. Um, so this is a new start or a new beginning of an ending in your career, Taurus Rising. Maybe there's some job situation that you just have been really frustrated with that isn't tenable anymore, or you may have to revisit and unravel some karmic knots, pay some dues, pay some debts so that you finally move on. Uh, you may be really questioning how you participate in the shared values of a group that you are in. That could be informing what you're doing. You, you might have a pretty powerful new start coming with your uh, Mercury, Saturn, sun conjunction around the 28th of February in your 11th house. So keep your eyes peeled for that. All of the, the Aquarius placements, though, are going to be squaring Uranus in your first house. So you may be really shaking up your own personal identity around this time period. You also might be trying to expand your the way that you, you do business and the way that you put yourself out there as Jupiter moves through that house as well. But you are going to have to find a, a, a harmonious balance to the needs of the group and your own personal comfort. So those are going to be the challenges that you could be working through during this particular new moon. Uh, hang in there, Taurus. I know that it's not fun being uncomfortable. I'm speaking from experience. Uh, but eventually, through trial and error, as we've been talking about today, you can find the right the right patterns, the right routines, the right expression that will help move you forward within your life. Okay. Yeah, Taurus Rising might not like the new title. Yeah. Yeah, there could be something out in, in the job where you've taken on some responsibility that feels uncomfortable, that you've been forced outside your comfort zone. But that's that's how we grow, right? I think that that's uh, it's really important to except some that there will be times where we've just outgrown something else. And I think you'll know when when trying to do the old thing becomes really uncomfortable, it, then it's time to grow. I think a, a Taurus tendency is to hang on to something until it's less uncomfortable to change than it is to stay the same. And again, speaking from personal experience. Jennifer says, right, I have Pluto and Venus conjunct in the fourth house gives me that balance. Good, good. That will uh, help, um, you know, show you the depths in your fourth house there, Jennifer, that will help bring out some of the the peacemaking ability that you have to, to deal with those volcanic eruptions that Pluto can bring. Kate says, with Taurus 10th house, I've been going through growing pains in this area. Yeah, well, yeah, as a fellow Leo rising, I, I feel you. Um, yeah, for sure. There's 
And we'll get to that with Taurus, or with, sorry, with Leo rising and the changes that we've been having to make. We, part of the experience of this particular broadcast that you're witnessing over the last few weeks is Uranus in my 10th house and Jupiter trying to do something new and shake it up and improve my production values and, and all of those things. So probably going to be some more changes coming along and hopefully they'll be positive ones. Okay, Gemini rising. Let's look at Gemini rising. Okay, Gemini rising. Gemini rising is experiencing this new moon in the ninth house. Saturn is the host in the tenth, and then we have the square to the to Uranus and Jupiter in the twelfth house. So for Gemini rising, there could be we had a, a wonderful. Um, wonderful guest in the chat today, a participant, a friend, who is was, I think, thinking of emigrating to a new country for either a relationship or a job. And that's really interesting because they were a Gemini rising and, and we have this new moon in the ninth house, which is associated with long distance journeys, with going on a journey for a search for meaning. I think that's really an important distinguishing factor it's not always just a long distance journey. It's a journey that we take to find a sense of purpose and meaning in life, where sometimes the short journeys that are described in the third house are related to just our daily habits, our routines, or even just a return to our familial lands. So, so there are some astrologers that think that a third house journey, even if it's like 4,000 miles from New York to California, if you're returning back to your family, it's a third house journey. So the so ninth house is one that even if it's not that far away, like if it's to a church or something like that, where you have a transformative experience or, or to anywhere, it doesn't have to be a, a place of worship. That's just one of the things that it, it could be. Uh, it, it, it's not about the distance. It's about the meaning that comes through that journey. So for Gemini rising, you might be going through some kind of movement, travel that helps you experience a, an experience like, an, like a pilgrimage of some sort. You may have to revisit something in your past so that you can move on with something in your life. And maybe it's through a physical journey. Uh, it, this could also be disrupting the, your peace and solitude with, with Uranus heading into the 12th house here, squaring that lunation. Gemini Risings have probably been going through some challenges at work too, with Saturn moving through the 10th house, with their uh, maybe even some challenges with authority figures. Maybe they're having to take on the burden of a lot of new responsibilities at work, which can be frustrating too. Uh, keep in mind that your ascendant ruler Mercury is is making a square to Jupiter. So your, your ethics and belief systems, which is also a 9th house signification, uh, could be coming into conflict with your your need for rest and solitude. Maybe you're also having a conflict with a teacher or or some kind of religious figure or something with the square to to Jupiter as well. It could be a, an undermining influence though, because a lot of times when we see planets in the in the twelfth house, it's another signification in the twelfth house is is secret enemies. And and I think that a way to think about secret enemies is people that aren't necessarily. Uh, out front, like we're not like getting a fist fight with them necessarily. They're just doing little things that 
that pull us away from a sense of empowerment. And that can be really frustrating and very difficult to extricate yourself from those situations. So hang in there, Gemini Rising, if you've been having something like that going going on. Uh, Kate says, Gemini Rising, my son turns 13 on the 10th, and recently he was falsely accused by an authority. There you go. See? The, the, the undermining influence, right? Uh, so he, he's been going through that challenge with an authority figure. <laughs> it's funny. I love how literal it is. And it's not funny what your son's going through, but it is, um, I do find it amusing that these, the planets can speak to these issues. That they just, that it actually works, I guess, is what I'm sometimes always find uh, enlightening and ridiculous sometimes. Isn't it just ridiculous sometimes what we're doing here? That we're literally looking at like these planets on the chart and it can accurately describe someone's lived experience. I never take that for granted and I'm constantly in awe and wonder of it. Okay, so yes, if you're a Gemini rising, it could be challenges with authority figures, especially if you're in school or something like that. But that might lead to, that, that conflict might lead to an awareness of something that you need to move on from, Kate, or that your son needs to move on from. Maybe this is the, the moment where you're thinking about moving to a different teacher or a different class or a different school even, potentially. The, the growing frustration could lead to a, ch a change in circumstance that could be very beneficial. Okay, Gemini Rising, I hope that that helps you on your journey. Let's keep moving. Okay, Cancer Rising. Cancer Rising, you have an eighth house new moon. Cancer and Cancer Sun. This is interesting to me. I, I'm a Cancer Sun, so I, I, I often resonate with the the description that comes out of Cancer Rising stuff too. So something to keep in mind. So weird quirk of astrology that sun sign horoscopes and rising sign horoscopes can sometimes have some overlap. And I'm not exactly sure the mechanism of that, but I find it unique and fascinating nonetheless. Kate, sorry to hear that. Yes, yeah, says, yeah, I had to defend him. It was horrifying for him. School bus, neighborhood kids, local police. It was a whole thing. Ooh, I'm sorry. That definitely sounds like a Mercury-Jupiter square with the, the 12th house. Um, sorry to hear that, friend. Hang in there. Okay, Cancer Rising, let's, let's do this. So new moon in your eighth house. Uh, this is a potential new start for the shared resources that you have with yourself and another party and it could be a romantic partner it could be a business partner uh it could you could be reevaluating and getting an objective perspective on how you share resources with other people and this could be something where you may be moving on to a new situation um saturn is going to be hosting that new moon in the ninth house causing you to maybe have to get realistic about your belief systems when it comes to your shared resources with someone else. Maybe someone's either getting a promotion or or losing their job or having something where you're having to, to have a discussion about the division of responsibilities. And you may have to come down off of a preconceived belief about how those responsibilities are divvied up. Now, you're also experiencing a square from the new moon in the 8th house to Uranus in the 11th and Jupiter in the 11th. So there could be some shakeups in the groups that 
that you both are a part of as well. You may have to establish some new new routines with how you relate to the to the public and and the people that you share a belief system with. Could also have uh, some some really great communal support. Jupiter is in its joy in the eleventh house, so oftentimes when we have Jupiter or any benefic planet moving through the eleventh, we'll have new sources of benefacting of, of benefactors coming to us, uh, new support systems. Tenth house is often related to the government, and the 11th is the second from the 10th, so there could be resources coming to you from the government or benefits like that as well, Cancer Rising. Um, keep in mind, Cancer Rising, that new, new and full moons are always extra important for you because the, the moon is the ruler of your ascendant, so this could be something where if you've been feeling stuck for a little while over the last few weeks, this could be a, a new start for you where you start to feel re-energized once again. Okay. All right, let's see. So I'm going to move on to Leo rising, just in the interest of time. I know we've got some some new comments in here, but I can't, I can't get to everything here today, and I'm starting to get hungry. And what you don't want is your friendly neighborhood Cancer Sun Taurus Moon uh, astrologer to get too hungry or hangry in the middle of their live broadcast. <laughs> so, especially on Scorpio Moon Day. Okay, Leo Rising. What's up, Leo Risings? What's up, friends? What's up, Bill Watterson? Hope you're doing well out there, friend. All right, Leo Rising. We, Leos, are going to be experiencing... Uh, a new moon in the seventh house, hosted by Saturn in the eighth, and making a square to Jupiter and Uranus in the tenth house. So, a new start for our partners, partnerships, anything of that nature, uh, hosted by Saturn, bringing us a need to shift our belief systems about what is or isn't possible within our relationships as it, as it relates to our shared resources, uh, things of that nature. Uh, we could be revisiting some old uh, experiences to start to untangle some old knots in our relationships. Um, you know, I, speaking from personal experience, I, I, we're, I feel like we're getting close to uh, a shift in my own relationship as far as a situation that had been challenging us for quite some time. And I feel like we're in the cusp of, on the cusp of unraveling an old knot that's been bugging us and I, I don't want to go into too more, many details about that before it's like like all worked out but uh, I can speak from experience that I can see the writing on the wall as far as like a, a, a new start that could be happening within a relationship that could be beneficial through potentially leaving an old situation behind and moving forward into a new one and seeing what wants to be born from a new situation. So the square that's happening with the planets in in Aquarius to Uranus, it could be making it necessary for you to shake up your vision of what what is possible for you in public the public sphere. Um, you may have to do things differently within your within your job or within your public persona to be able to expand what you're doing. Uh, just another example of this is with the Mercury square to Jupiter. Uh, 
I've had to think long and hard about how to expand my own ability to support my partner and my family through the work that I'm doing here on the channel. And I'm for those of you who have been here a long time, I give a lot of my time to the live streams and to the to my audience and to my clients and things of that nature. And um, I'm having to find and think about new ways to support that work so that I'm carrying my end of the financial burden. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, I'm not like a celebrity astrologer or like someone who makes a crap ton of money doing this. And I'm, I, I really have had an ethical aversion to things like a paywall. And I may have to pivot from some of that. Not to say that I won't keep showing up and doing all of these things, but there may need to be different ways to support the channel through maybe like something like a YouTube membership or a Patreon or something of that nature where I can open up more channels for the, the work to be supported. Um, and that's something I've seriously considered doing in the, in the next few months. Um, I, again, it's, it's, a, it's a push and a pull. It's, that's my own Mercury-Jupiter square that I think that I'm thinking about. Uh, because it, it, my ethics don't always align with the holding, withholding of information. But as we've discussed in this broadcast, sometimes our idealism does not align with what is practical in our lives. And if we adhere too stubbornly to our idealism, <sighs> we just set ourselves up for either suffering or failure. And uh, this is just my way of admitting that, you know, your your local friendly uh, idealistic astrologer needs to make some more money and needs to pull his weight a little bit in his relationship financially. So if you're hearing that in my voice, uh, it's it's for a good reason. It's not because I am greedy or anything like that. It's that, you know, sometimes you need to rebalance something. So for other, yeah, John says you have to live in this world. Absolutely. And it's hard sometimes for people that have cadent house placements living in those liminal spaces. Living in the real world is not always easy for us 12th house, 3rd house, 6th house, ninth house people. It's not the easiest thing in the world. So, um, for you, Leo Rising, maybe that story resonates with you, and maybe you're facing a similar situation, a reevaluation of things with a partner, of how you share resources, and it may challenge you to make some changes in your professional life to be able to, to, to bring greater balance and resource to your material life and, and see if it will... You may have to come down off of a philosophical hill that you've been defending for a long period of time to just to be able to, to move on and make your life functional. So hopefully that will work out well for you, Leo Rising, and for everyone. And we'll keep, we'll keep discussing it. If, if you all have ideas on, on how that would uh, work best for you as a community, totally open to it. If you, if you prefer one of those platforms over the other, uh, I'm open to that as well. Um, but I really appreciate your your, this community and want to to make sure that astrology and the wisdom that we share with each other here is accessible to the most amount of people possible and, and never becomes something that is uh, 
only for the haves. Uh, I want this to be astrology for everyone. Um, so something that's weighing heavily on my mind right now. So that's Leo rising. Okay. New starts in a relationship, possibly a focal point on shared resources and maybe having to shake up the routines about how you show up in your professional life and how you expand your resources. Kate, who is a, so we've got some really good, good comments here. Uh, Devin says, Ophelia Spencer, my own relationship to the spirit of money has been challenged. We are operating in a capitalistic society. Money isn't evil. It's how we recognize each other's value. Absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. Like, you've heard my criticisms on this channel of capitalism and how it's an imperfect system and how, you know, not every, other systems are imperfect too. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to just be human within whatever organizing uh, social system we have. And you're absolutely right, money is an evil as well. Um, but we have to figure out how do we're going to be within us, uh, within the challenges that are, we face in this moment in history. And it's not an easy answer. It's something that you, there are compromises that you have to make. Just like earlier, we were joking around about the bamboo underwear compromises, right? <laughs> Where if you're late to the party, I, I had another virgo stellium moment about some underwear that i ordered that i thought were very sustainable and ethically sourced and they ended up not being that and it was very painful to realize that but at the end of the day you have to put some you have to put some underwear on your body so you have to figure out whether you know where the line is i guess but i agree with you Devin. we have to kind of change our relationship to resources, to money, to maybe even think about like bartering economy and things like that. I'm, I'm definitely something I'm open to. For those of you who are thinking about, uh, who remember the plow story, I set up a sort of a bartering arrangement with one of my neighbors where we would uh, shovel and or blow their uh, sidewalks in exchange for them paying for the, the plow to come plow our, our larger driveway slash parking lot. So there are arrangements that you can make like that with people that are mutually beneficial. You just have to think outside the box and be open to it and communicate. That's really important. Kate says, I hear you. I didn't make enough last year to even file taxes. I need to find new ways to secure income. Yeah, Kate, and I think you're Leo Rising too. I think that this isn't an uncommon maybe even an uncommon Leo story, to be honest with you, because we are very much married to a sense of dignity, if that makes sense, like a royal dignity. And, and there are times when there are certain things that we have to do that we feel aren't in alignment with our, our royal dignity, whether it's, whether it's ethical or whether it's, uh, <laughs> or our pride. Like, right? Whether something is beneath us. And and we have to let go of that too. Aquarius season says, don't get stuck in pride. Don't get stuck in whether this is beneath you. Just just do what needs to be done to get the job. Yes, Kate says honorable. Exactly. Is is what we're doing honorable. There is there is very much this like knights of the round table vibe to to Leo placements and Leo rising, where if we don't feel that what we're doing is honorable, it's like we're not gonna do it. We're just not gonna do it. And that's that is a, a, a tough spot to, to, to find and yourself in sometimes. 
Devin says, I really appreciate you setting up a payment plan for my and Katie's reading. It opened up a big door for us and will always be remembered. Sharing intellectual insights can't be repossessed. Yeah, well, Devin, I, I, I always try to, again, make the work accessible. And I totally understand that people have different situations. So I'm always willing to work with people to find an equitable solution that gets the information where it needs to be and also helps me to to support my family and things of that nature. So I, I'm happy to set up things like that if people need it. Just just reach out and we can work it out. Yeah, and Kate says, my mom used to say, don't bite your nose off to spite your, fa to spite your face, right? Uh, I think it's to spite rather than despite, but yes, I get the point. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you have to take yourself into the equation oftentimes, even if it's painful. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, Kate says, yep, right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those phrases, we take for granted what they are, right? Uh, and we just say them and, and then we think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's what it really is. I, I've done that with like song lyrics and things like that. It's, it's easy to do. Okay, Leo Rising, I hope that you felt witnessed and seen and, and good luck with your your uh, endeavors moving forward and we'll try to get through this together. Okay, let's talk about Virgo Rising. Okay, Virgo Rising. Virgo Rising has this new moon in the sixth house. There is Saturn uh, hosting from the seventh. And then we have that square to Uranus and Jupiter in the ninth house. So this could be a new start for Virgo rising and maybe even Virgo suns related to uh, a couple things. I think the sixth house is another misunderstood house. People like to think of it as daily habits and routines. I don't necessarily see it as that. And that's, uh, uh, I think, one of the challenges of conflating signs with houses and saying that, oh, that's like a Virgo house. I, traditional astrology doesn't do that. So we have to be careful of that. The way I do think about the sixth house, though, is it is much about work that we do uh, that we don't get a lot of credit for. It also is related to people that have done a service for us, whether in the past when if, you know, in traditional astrology, we would consider it labor that we you know, forced people to do, but now we pay them to do. Um, we can either feel like we are doing unpaid labor in the sixth house, um, or we may be dealing with people we're hiring to do that service for us. So there could be something where you're you're thinking about moving on from a service provider, potentially. Uh, that could be something with a new moon in, in Aquarius 3 in the sixth house. Um, there could be some challenges, though, between the communication that you have and your your belief system with Mercury squaring Jupiter in the ninth. You may have to shake up your belief and maybe go on a journey and search out something new as well. Uh, this this is uh, is interesting. My 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 neighbor is a Virgo sun, and this plow thing, like um, the plow person, was responsible for like four houses that he owned. He's a he has a number of houses locally, and he's having to go off and s seek out new service providers for that because they didn't do the job that they were hired to do. So this is one example in the mundane world. So Virgo Rising, you might also be having to have a difficult conversation with a partner about who takes on what responsibilities. 
and think about how you can support each other in that regard. Uh, it's important, Virgo rising, not to become a martyr to everybody's needs, not to let the work pull you away from completion. All right. The way that I look at the sixth house is in regards to angular triads and the seventh house of completion, the setting sun. The sixth house is pulling us away. It's everything that pulls us away from celebration, completion, partnership. Sometimes that's an injury or an illness. So this could be something where you're finally getting clarity around an injury or an illness that's been pulling you away from completion. Maybe you're getting awareness of a, a how you take on responsibilities of others that you don't get credit for that will help you to, to move on and move towards satisfaction and completion particularly. Um, let's see. Yeah, we got some good comments coming in. Um, Devin says, on a lighter note, we need some, inf some inflation on penny for your thoughts and my two cents and another day, another dollar. Yeah. Yeah. If inflation affects us all, you know, like this, this is something we're dealing with here too. Like, um, we have a, a really difficult tax base in my city, which is not an affluent city. We have a city, Ypsilanti, Michigan, is really struggling because they they made some bad investments uh, a few decades ago where they were trying to improve the city infrastructure and they, they took some businesses out. But when they tried to rebuild after taking a, a very large loan from the, the state government, um, they found out that the, the site that they were going to rebuild on was very heavily polluted by the industries that were there and nobody wanted to build or do their businesses. So the, the city became had to pay all that money back. It was called a Cool Cities Initiative, if you're familiar with that. So the city of Ypsilanti was 15 to $20 million in debt, and that gets put directly on the residential people that live there through their, their um, property taxes. So the taxes here in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is a, a humble city, okay, are very, very high. Some of the highest in the Midwest, uh, even higher than a very, very affluent community in Ann Arbor that's like, you know, 15 minutes away. So you never know what the situation is. Like there's different situations that are that, no fault of someone, someone's own, you know, choices that you have to work through and deal with. Devin says the sixth and the second are the supports for the tenth. Yeah, yeah, you have to do hard work in the sixth house to to be able to to do action out in the world. Um, so you can look at it as a as a having a relationship with the tenth house, but I, you can also look at it through that that um, angular triad with the seventh house as well. Yeah, Kate says the labors of life. Jennifer says. I have my sis, who's a massage therapist, and friend who is an astrologer, both grappling with the same. It's hard, but you have to live, and that's what they do. When people can't pay, they barter. Yeah, I've done that before in my, in my um, work as well. I, I've traded many an astrology reading for a haircut. <laughs> so that's, that was something that I was... Or, and I've traded guitar lessons for things like the same when I was, when I was teaching guitar as well. Um, let's see. Maybe also raising prices because you have to live. Yeah, potentially. I did a price raise last year, and I didn't do one at the beginning of this year, but we'll see. I feel like my readings aren't aren't uh, priced necessarily inappropriately, but if I'm being 100% honest with you, with all of you, it's the, the time that I'm investing in these very long live streams 
I'm not uh, I'm not getting the the return on the investment financially that I necessarily need to continue to do it moving forward. Not to say that I don't enjoy it, and I'm not I'm getting the return uh, emotionally and spiritually, um, but. I probably average about 150 bucks a month doing these live streams. And that's for about, mm, I probably invest about 10 hours a week at preparing and doing the live streams themselves. So 40 hours a week for $150 a month is, um, those numbers don't really add up. Now I do also understand that when we come on here, there's also reciprocal benefits from that. Like people sign up for readings and sign up for, webinars and things of that nature um but it it's it might not be sustainable moving forward so again neither here nor there uh but these are things you have to think about when you're doing doing work like this um kate says i feel like as soon as i say a word today you say the same word we're on the same wavelength kate leo risings uh, KP1231 says, yes, thank you for the six house reflections. For me, it is definitely sacrifice and service with little payoff and not in a money sense. It can be emotional too. I have Saturn there. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my daughter has a stellium in the sixth house. She's a Leo rising with a bunch of Capricorn stuff. And we've often had to talk about the, the journey of service and sacrifice. And sometimes she won't get all the credit for the work that she does, but, uh, and she gets really frustrated with that. Um, but, but we've had a long, long talks about the, the journey is just as important as the, the accolades. And I think that's something that sixth house and 12th house people can like commiserate on is the journey is really important for Caden houses. It, remember, it's like something where we're, I think we're going on a, a spiritual journey in every house, but especially in those houses, there's movement, right? And we're having to move from one state to another. And that's, that's what is important about those. Kate says, I know a Virgo who is having trouble with his apprentice. Yeah, absolutely. So apprentices could fall under that as well. Stephen, the Jupiterian says, second house is money, prosperity, and sixth house are chores that you are not recognized for as 10th public reputation and career. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. I think that that um, definitely the, the lack of recognition in sixth house placements is something that I've seen play out before. Kate says you should definitely make a change, then I will brainstorm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, again, I really enjoy doing these. It is a labor of love, but um, my situation is starting to change where I, I got to think outside the box. I got to change what I'm doing. Um, too much of the burden of our financial responsibilities is on my partner, and I, I, it's not fair. So it needs to become more fair, if that makes sense. Jennifer says, Sis is Virgo rising with Mars and Moon and Uranus in the 12th house and Pluto in the first. Things seem always so emotional and worrisome for her. Yeah, I, I could, I think Virgo is inherently a little bit, has some anxiety. Um, mostly because I think of its association with the harvest season and with trying to uh, bring the impending winter and trying to, to preserve something against the ravages of time and also f having to figure out what needs to be released. Um, but when you have Uranus and Pluto in the, in the, you know, Uranus in the 12th, that can make some of that anxiety be, be hidden and behind the scenes and within the nervous system. And Pluto in the first is going to require a lot of changes for sure. 
Kate says, I'm struggling to get brownie batter into the pan. No self-control. <laughs> okay, yeah. Don't make me hungry, Kate. I'm getting to the end of this live stream, and I'm starting to get hungry myself. Okay, so Virgo Rising, I hope that you feel felt seen and acknowledged for the work that you do. Keep up the good work. Let's move forward to Libra Rising. Okay, Libra Rising. Uh, Libra Rising. And before I go over to Libra Rising... Would I'm just going to throw this out there. Would something like this, where I go through each house, would that be some kind of uh, potential perk for a Patreon or something? Would people be supportive of that? Uh, or maybe even like a, a Q&A or something like that? Give me some ideas. If, what would feel like you'd be supported? Um, I know you don't want to lose access to these forecasts. I'm just kind of brainstorming as to what would make it worthwhile to to support the channel for all of you. Um, and, I, and I'm open to ideas. Yeah, because this is, these rising sign horoscopes are a lot of work. And um, I, I love doing them, but it, it might have to be like a, a paid Patreon tier or a membership tier potentially. And I hate taking away something I've already given to you, um, but... Uh, Things are, life changes, and sometimes we have to make adjustments. That being said, Libra rising, <laughs> Libra rising, uh, you are experiencing the fifth house new moon with Saturn um, hosting from the sixth and with Jupiter and Uranus in the eighth house squaring the new moon. So this could be a new start for Libra risings in a the way that you seek out entertainment, there could be something where you're dealing with your kids, where they're having to revisit some kind of old karmic debt situation to move on, potentially. This could be some shakeups in your particular way that you share resources with someone else in your life. Uh, with the square to Uranus in your eighth house, Saturn is become making you aware of how you may not take on a lot of responsibilities for your kids that you don't get a lot of credit for, or for your creative projects if you don't have kids. Um, it could also be like questions about the legacy that you're passing on as well. Um, your chart ruler Venus is in the fourth house right now. So there could be a lot of like changes and, and thoughts about how to restructure your home and family life as well. Um, so, so think about how you can expand your teamwork around that, how you can have meaningful conversations with your community or with your kids or with your creative partners to help you move forward with that as well. Okay, people are saying, yes, yes, count me in. Okay, good. We've got people that are willing to support the channel in that way. Saturn and Stephen says, Saturn in the sixth house, Taurus here, always working on health and doing work I'm never recognized for. Saturn and Taurus always op also opposes my Jupiter and Scorpio. Yeah, geez, Stephen, I know that's, that's tough, buddy. Um, just th this is where it's important to give yourself that, that recognition as well, like it, it, where that validation comes from within and, and setting healthy boundaries. Say what, where your, where are your limits? Rachel says, Spencer, I agree you aren't compensated properly for these live streams. Perhaps you could trial some kind of subscription for at least some of these. I think that that might be coming in the future, Rachel. And I'm just floating it as a, as an idea today to, to see the feedback I get on it. But yes, um, I, I, again, like ethically pay, paywalls bother me but at the same time like we have to have a balance between uh supporting ourselves and and what we make available 
Rachel says the forecasts are a bonus for sure. I found my both my sun and rising applicable. Good. Yeah, maybe we can talk about the the new moons in general terms, and maybe the the forecast for each rising sign could be more of a, a membership tier type of thing. KP says you and I are close in age, Stephen. I got that Jupiter Saturn opposition at two degrees. Good times. Yeah, that's tough. Oh yeah, fifty nine four and twenty nine days. Nice. Rachel says, I think you would receive what you are worth. I'm sure all of us would agree that the investment you make on your on your side shines through, even if we didn't don't witness this hours, these hours behind the scenes. Yeah. And 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 to be honest with you, friends, it's getting it's more and more work as I'm improving the production values of the show. It's just more work invested that like all the banners that you see, all the notes that you see, all of that is all the slides that you see is all of that's work. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, Big Stuff says a Patreon would be cool. And I'm not here to, to, to complain about it. I, I love this community. I'm so grateful that you all even show up every week. Uh, we're just having to maybe have to think about some different ways to go about it. Uh, <laughs> Steven wants to take a nap. Oh, it's like taking a sabbatical. Good. Well, hopefully you get the nap that you need, Steven. Okay, Libra Rising, um, new start in your fifth house with your kids. Uh, thinking about how you take on responsibilities, maybe potentially also maybe moving on from a, a habit or something that, that brings you pleasure uh, that might not be good for your health is something that Libra Rising could be going through. And then having some difficult conversations about how maybe how you seek, how seeking pleasure is putting us, uh, is needing a new start with uh, a partner potentially. Sometimes when we're trying to move on from something in our lives, having a supportive partner that is supporting us on our journey is really important. And when we don't have that, it can make it much more difficult. So think about that as well. Uh, Devin says, as a Libra rising, I'm already feeling my consciousness exploring how to share myself through my writing. Okay, yeah. So Devin, this could be a really important new moon for you in your fifth house. Um, you know, being able to see how that creative process plays out. Maybe there's uh, so, somebody that you could... Um, share responsibilities with so they could free more time up for you. Maybe there's a something in your work where you might be able to delegate something so they could free more time up for your writing and your creative expression. Uh, th those also could be in play for sure. Kate says, that you ask us at all, Spencer, we know you care. We want you to do well for yourself and your family. Oh, I appreciate that, Kate. I, I feel, sometimes I get really nervous trying to ask for what I need. And uh, it's not natural for me. And I I, I love giving and, and sharing, um, and sometimes it's really tough to admit that vulnerability. So appreciate that comment, Kate. Kate says, Devin, I enjoy reading your comments. You'd be great at writing. I agree. I agree, Kate. Devin is a great writer, has a lot of uh, interesting progressive thoughts, and, and I think that you, you will find success with that, my friend. Uh, Jennifer says, you could cut up the rising signs and put them out as snippets to get more attention from more customers. Yeah, yeah that's... Yes, I've been trying to think about that, Jennifer, about how to create smaller bite-sized pieces. But the the challenge with that is that that's another that's hours of work, like to cut those up and put them out. Like, and I've been trying to do that the last few weeks, and I just haven't been able to make the time to do it. Like the the timestamps are work. The the organization of it, all of the promotion is work. Um, there's a lot of stuff that folks don't see behind the scenes, like. I'm my own promotion team. I'm my own research team. Uh, I'm I'm a one man band here, so uh, gonna have to find ways to free that up. 
Kate says, advocating for myself is the hardest thing. I'm better at doing it for others, so I know it's brave. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but that's why we're here, for each other. Devin says, thank you, Kate. I'm thinking about a substack for my tarot insights and other things like that. Good, Devin. I would, that would be great. I like your tarot insights. Uh, KP says, I second what Kate said. This is elite-level astrology, and you deserve to be fairly paid for the good work that you do. Thank you, KP. appreciate that comment. Um, it, I, I really do appreciate the validation that you all are, are sharing with me today. Um, and, and you know what? Just your attention and your, your ability to keep showing up each week really does, it feels really good. So I hope that I'm not going to alienate anybody with what I'm talking about today. But we all need to kind of support each other in the work that we're doing. Kate says, I would subscribe, Devin. Yeah, Devin, I'm down too. Like, send me, send me a link. Okay. All right, let's keep going. Scorpio rising. All right, Scorpio rising. Scorpio rising is one of our fixed rising signs. So, Scorpio rising has the new moon in the fourth house, hosted by Saturn in the fifth, with the square to Jupiter and Uranus in the seventh house. So we are dealing with Scorpio risings. First of all, Scorpio rising, this could be a pretty good time for you just because your ruling planet, Cap, uh, it's Mars is in Capricorn in its exaltation, very close to its degree of exaltation. This is, if you're a Scorpio rising or a Scorpio sun, you're probably at the height of your planning and, and powers right now. It's a great time for Scorpio and Scorpio rising to, to be able to plan for your future and to be able to take actions towards building a solid material foundation. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, you may be revisiting some things in your home and your private and your family life that will help you to move forward, um, that will help you to uh, work through um, some, of the, some of the challenges that you, you may be frustrated with with your family. Uh, you could also be getting very realistic about how you pursue pleasure or uh, with an issue with your children, if you have them, or your creative projects. You could also be having some challenging conversations with your partner about your values and how you expand your material resources as well. You may have to shake up some routines with your partners and especially your your material support systems. Um, yeah, that was another question I would ask you. Do all of you like the... the uh, do you all prefer something like Patreon or do you or YouTube membership or Substack or do you prefer like the yearly fundraiser like Kickstarter type of thing that's that's another thing like that I've seen be fairly successful um, I'm just curious what people people feel about that yeah Rachel says good old Scorpio moon bringing up the tough conversation <laughs> yeah this is a tough conversation no one likes to like you know tell people the, the tough news about like hey I might have to, the thing you were getting for free for so long may actually have to, you know, be paid for. <laughs> like, no one wants to hear that. Uh, but, you know, so it goes. So Scorpio rising, uh, and I'm sorry to keep belaboring this point, but you all are my community, and I want to make sure that I'm serving you in the best way possible, and I always appreciate all of your feedback. So just to wrap up Scorpio rising, um, new starts but also revisiting something in your, in your home life. May have something to do with your creativity, with your children, with the legacy that you may want to leave 
after you pass on or to the world. And there could be some really important starts and shifts in, in challenging, shifts in, in the way that you uh, share resources with your partner and how you might be doing some planning for the future, but to, to plan for the future, you may have to shake things up a little bit. Okay. Sagittarius rising. Coming to the end of our, our two final rising signs here. So Sagittarius rising is going to be experiencing this new moon in the third house with Saturn in the fourth hosting and then Jupiter in the sixth. Uh, this is a new moon. Now, now here is where I really feel like the, the third house speaks to those daily habits and routines. Often the things that will apply to sixth house, meaning in modern astrology, I, I consider a third house thing. So this could be a really big shift in your daily routines, uh, Sagittarius rising. You may have to, to take a 30,000 foot view of how, how you spend your time each day, unravel some things that have been bugging you, and start to move forward under, under a, new, a new set of you know, ethics or a new set of beliefs. Um, and again, this is going to be shaking up your sixth house, so it may cause you to do things slightly differently in the way that you do your work, in the way that you show up for, for others, and the, and the grind that you're putting in. You could also be really motivated to, to change your routine by some changes in your family and by changes in your home or in your domestic situation. So all of those things could be coming up. And with Jupiter in your sixth house right now, you could be just really focusing on the work that you have to do that's in front of you that will eventually will pay dividends but may feel like a grind in the moment. Okay. Uh, Rachel says, Substack is nice. We can build a community there. Okay. Uh, I don't know a lot of the pros and cons for different platforms for creators. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. Like different platforms take different percentages. They have different models. And there's, you know, some people prefer a monthly subscription model. Other people prefer to do like a one-time fundraiser type of thing. Like there's all sorts of different ways to go about it. Kate says, yikes, I'm not sure. I think people want access to you though. Being in a community is nice and whatever offers access live. Offering Zoom to members or special perks like that. Yeah, I, I will always try to, to maintain the, the audience interaction. There will always be something that is available for, for free. I mean, that's just kind of how I roll. But maybe there's just a secondary level to it that will help support that work. Um, but I just, I love interacting with people. And, and I think that building this community in that way has been really great. So we'll, we'll take it one step at a time. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yes, you have been very patient, Stephen, with your Sag rising. Um, but I appreciate these ideas. Thank you for this. It says Big Steph says, Rick Levine, for example, does his monthly for all on YouTube, but mid-month and other extras on Patreon. Okay, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, this is great. These are great ideas. Devin says, thank you for your patience, Steven. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, KP says, yeah, maybe a little of both and see what feels right. Absolutely. And this could be trial and error too. So if if we do make those changes and something doesn't work, uh, I'm, I'm totally open to that feedback and making adjustments. Steven says, I learned from patience, patience from my time teaching elementary school. You're so welcome, Devin. Good. Uh, 
yeah, that will that will build patience, won't it? I've done some elementary school subbing, and that was <laughs> that was tough. Uh, Devin says, Stephen, I know you're in a new business situation. That could this could be the work we do behind the scenes that you'll benefit from later. Yeah, absolutely, Stephen. With that Jupiter Uranus coming together in, in the sixth house, it's going to pay off eventually. Jennifer says, Kickstarter is good. Okay, yes. Yeah, so there's there's a vote for Kickstarter. I know that there have been some successful Kickstarters in the astrology world and. Um, we'll just have to see what works. Yes, says Dawn. Okay, good. All right, let's move forward to Capricorn Rising. Hopefully, have you hope you felt properly seen uh, there. Sad Rising. Rachel says you may also consider trialing things and allowing it to evolve. Absolutely. Um, what you all didn't know is that I actually have a fully formed Patreon that I I made like two years ago, and then just never launched because I just couldn't couldn't bear to put something behind a paywall. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, let's see. So Capricorn Rising, you've been so patient, my friends. Um, Capricorn Rising, this is a new moon for you in your second house. Ooh, that sounds fun, right? I know that Capricorn Risings often feel nervous about their sense of security, and this could be a, a brand new start uh, for your... Uh, financial situation cap rising could be a, a big change to your daily habits and your daily routines with it being hosted by Saturn. Um, you could be reevaluating your budget and having to revisit how you pay for things. There could be a square between your new financial start and how you seek pleasure uh, with Jupiter uh, and Uranus squaring this new moon by whole sign in the fifth house. Maybe there's also some some changes in, in how you, you seek out things that you love. Maybe it's a, it's a new creative process for you as well. Maybe you're doing something that resonates with you creatively as well. So uh, your ruling planet of your first house, Saturn's, just really encouraging you to change your belief systems around, you know, your, your daily grind. I know for my partner, she's, you know, looking into changing her daily habits and routines that might lead to a new financial start potentially. So I'm seeing it play out firsthand. Uh, so cap rising, hang in there with those changes. Recognize that if there's been an untenable situation with your financial situation, that you, the, the needle might start to move and you're going to have a pretty big eclipse that's happening in your fourth house that could be pretty beneficial as well. Coming, that's coming up in the months ahead. Okay, Prudence says a community Discord is a popular Patreon member thing. Ooh, cool. Yeah, I, I have a Discord for my my classes, but that would be pretty cool to have a Discord for all of us here. Um, I was nervous in the past about managing it, but all of you are really nice to each other so far, so I th don't think that would be super problem with this this community. Everyone's been really kind to one another, and I appreciate that. Uh, Rachel says you might also consider trialing it and allowing things to evolve good. Um, yeah, Stephen's working on building his business as an advisor using Tara. Oh, good, Stephen. Congratulations. I hope that that, that is, continues to go well for you and, and that you're able to, to do, do good work through that. Don says, I pay Nadia Shaw $10 a month to get weekly rising and a monthly and special transits. Those are only 10-minute videos, no option to talk. I'm open to what you need. Ooh, that's good to know. Yeah, Nadia, uh, Nadia is a great astrologer, um, but that's good to know that that's kind of the going rate for 
a 10 minute video. <laughs> We've spent what four, almost four and a half, almost three and a half hours here now. So I, I, I tend to be someone who wants to provide value. And uh, this is someone, this is maybe the Leo rising of always trying to prove your self-worth and prove yourself to people. Um, but I think that as we grow further, we'd start to value ourselves and, and we're learning that, that we are enough. I think that's one of the lessons here with all this. Kate says, you're only putting some behind a paywall. You can and will still offer ways to prevent barriers. Absolutely, Kate. And that's something that I, I hope that we will find the proper balance to. Don says, or do Q&As publicly to draw on new folks and pay for horoscopes. That's a good idea, Don. I really do like the Q&As. I like the freeformness where we are able to just work through questions and personal chart stuff. So I think that's a good idea. Um, I was thinking about whether... Um, and I'm, and hopefully Capricorn Rising have properly engaged with your rising sign. Um, just hang in there. You've got a really powerful Mars Capricorn Rising in your first house, helping you to, to make the changes you need to for long-term benefit. Okay, I'm going to pull this back up here. So, Don, one of the questions I was asking myself was, if I was going to give a perk, would it be something like the rising signs in the, you know, Patreon membership or like the Q and A's like, so I'm wondering which, which thing would be better to keep open like the, so those, that might be something to think about or if people have opinions on that, but these are really great ideas, friends. I, I appreciate you going through that process with me and, and allowing me the, the honesty and vulnerability, um, in what, which is a difficult topic to discuss. And, um, and again, like, I do want it to be, I do want it to work for my community. This is why I asked the question, right? I don't want to just make these changes and like piss everybody off. I know that I'm not going to be able to make everyone happy, but um, the feedback is appreciated. Okay, friends, let's wrap this one up for the day. You all have been amazing today in the chat. This is awesome. Uh, thank you so much for the, <laughs> for going on this journey here. Uh, Tracy says, you're awesome, Spencer. Oh, thanks, Tracy. So are you. Thank you for showing up each week. Uh, appreciate you, my friend. Uh, so what we're going to do here, first of all, do me a huge favor before we, we finish off the show. Um, like and subscribe to the channel. That's the, that's the easiest thing you can do to support the channel is make sure that you've liked the video. It really, really does help. I know it's a very simple thing, but it does help us spread, spread the word to more people. Subscribing just helps me give me feedback on whether people are enjoying what I'm doing and things like that. That's always very helpful as well. Um, you can follow me over at spencermichaud.com and sign up for readings over there. That's another great way to support the work that I do. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Spencer Michelle. So we're going to end today with a, an I Ching reading and an animal. So the I Ching that I have for you for this uh, new moon, I asked the I Ching on my little app here, what is the essence of the new moon in Aquarius 3 in 2024? And the I Ching said, difficult beginnings with the need to become adaptable. Um, so, this is a hexagram that is related to number three, some other interpretations, difficulty in the beginning, pushing up out of the ground, growing pains, birth throes, birth pangs, time to gather helpers, right? So today we've been talking about how we can support each other to, to keep doing the, the work that we need to do and, 
and be realistic about our situation. Um, so they they talk about sprouts pushing up out of the ground, and sometimes there's there's difficulty when we're beginning something new and we feel uncomfortable and we feel uh, like we're. Mm, you know, we're we're being pushed out of the the womb and into the world, and oftentimes when we do that, our first reaction is to to cry. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, this is uncomfortable. It's cold. It's 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 wet. It's 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 not the the warmth of the womb. And this might be a time period where we're feeling like we're having to to move outside that comfort zone to move forward with our life. So there's one changing line for this hexagram. It's the fourth line. And it says, like a team of yoked horses pulling against each other, nevertheless, one strives for union. To go on brings good fortune. There is nothing for which this is not beneficial. So this, this is funny. And I, I took this into account as, as I was thinking about what to talk about today. You know, literally, the translation I'm looking, for says, looking at says, the lesson of this line is that you must never be too proud or too afraid to accept help or join with others if it will allow you to achieve your goals. <laughs> like, isn't that funny? Recognizing that you cannot succeed alone and having the humility to ask for assistance is not a sign of weakness or disgrace, but evidence of wisdom and clarity of thought. You must take the first step to find the right people and ask for their aid and advice. Trust that if you do, everything will go well. As the texts say, there is nothing for which this is not beneficial. So you've, you've witnessed this in real time with me sort of trial ballooning out the need to, to be supported in a, a slightly different fashion and the need for us to come together as a community to keep, keep this community thriving and vibrant. Um, because I can't carry the weight by myself uh, as much as I try, I, and I really do try. I try to shoulder a lot of, lo of the load individually because I'm kind of stubborn like that and I have difficulty delegating. But I think this is a really good lesson for all of us here is, is learning that we have to support each other in an Aquarian fashion as a community to be able to, 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 to do and have nice things and to, to learn as a group and as a community. So the changing hexagram is number 17. It's, and that translates to adapting, following, allegiance, loyalty, hunting, pursuits, adaptability, and being adaptable. So again, we have to move off of our fixed positions. And this is Uranus and Taurus saying, move, move off that fixed position. Maybe you need to do something different. You change the routine to get the, the found, foundation and the, the resources that you need to keep doing the work that you need to do. So this, this might be an opportunity for all of us to do that. Now, if there is one quote in their, their interpretation that says, if you want others to follow you, this is, this is concerning the obligations of followers and leaders. If you want others to follow you, you must know how to adjust yourself to them. In the words of, an, of an, the old Chinese proverb, to rule is to serve. One of the other reasons that I bring this up publicly live in the group with you is to figure out what would serve you the best. So th this is an example in real time of talking to your community about what would best serve their needs while also taking your own needs into account. So in your own life, you may have something where you have to make a difficult new start, where you have to push through to some new beginning and make some changes so that you can keep doing whatever work that it is that is important to you. And always keeping in mind how it can be service orientated. And this, I'll tell you, the animal that we got is perfect for this. It's the synchronicity is really important with it. 
And I want to, I'm just checking in with the, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Big Steph says, go eat some food, young man. Yes, I'm getting hungry. Uh, Prudence cases. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Prudence. Thank you for your attention. I know that that is, that is a commodity in these times is, is the attention that we give and, and our presence. So I appreciate that as well. Mr. Hindsight says, I vote for Q&A as a perk or as a continued feature of the channel, free perk uh, of the channel. Clarify that if you have opinions on that, friends, because those are the questions I'm asking. Kate says, in my opinion, if a Q&A offers chart-specific inquiries, that is a great incentive to pay for your time. Okay, I get There's a vote for that. Uh, Kate says, look into Maria de Simone. She's a different kind of astro- does a different kind of astrology, but she frequently goes over offerings, and one includes chart-specific questions. Okay, that might be good. CG Peter- Peterson is here. Says, hello, super late from Iowa City, watching along with my partner, who recently was promoted. It's been a very bumpy road. Things are on the upshot, though. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, CG. Hope that you're doing well. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us today. And and uh, go Hawkeyes, right? All right? Thanks for being here, friend. That's a new name. Um, Wowzers, KP1231 says, goosebumps on that I Ching. Yeah, I Ching never messes around. <laughs> I'm constantly in awe of the I Ching. Don says, I vote for, has, is a vote for Patreon. Not a huge fan of Kickstarter. Yeah, I know. There's, there's always drawbacks and things. Uh, Don says, or YouTube membership. Yeah, t- challenging to know which one of these platforms will be the most beneficial, both for audience and for uh, cr- creator. Devin says, I think a Kickstarter is a bump for the work you've done and then a Patreon to move forward. Also including promoting maybe a discount of Tanya's awesome work. Yeah, yeah, there, you know, there is discounts that coming with... Um, Maybe that could be part of the Patreon, right? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, our businesses are very synergistic. And um, when you support uh, uh, me, you're supporting her. And when you support her, you're supporting me. So uh, I think that's a really great idea. Uh, CG says, difficult beginnings and adapting. Both couldn't be more personally relevant. Oh, good. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, that is something where we... I'm really feeling this itching too, my friend. It is something that uh, I think we're all going to be going through. Kate says, likely you'll need to offer a variety of services, one through YouTube, one through Patreon, throw in a Kickstarter too. Okay, good. Um, This is really great feedback, friends. Um, Jennifer says, is Gemini rising? I totally agree. Adjustment is mandatory. Uh, Kate says, seriously, okay. Well, we'll, we'll all try to unfold it as we go. Um, and I'll appreciate your patience with me just testing things out. I may not get it completely right at first, but recognize that my goal with all of it is to, to be the best astrologer I can for all of you and to just be able to recharge my well and so that I can continue to do this work without either suffering personally myself or, or really making the people around me having to shoulder more of the, the, the physical burden and the financial burden than, than they deserve. Because really, what we're talking about, we're, talk, we're talking about Tanya. Okay, so like, help me be a better partner by learning how to be a better provider, uh, and to be properly compensated for this work helps me to be a better provider for my partner and for my family. Um, Mr. Hindsight says the Q and A can be used either way for you. I think it's very beneficial to hear other situations and things against Mr. Oh, thank you, friend. Yeah, we're all just kind of. Shooting, we're brainstorming. We're in the ideas here regarding GoHawks. Yes, maybe for a different time. Please tell me you've heard of Caitlin Clark. Oh, I've heard of Caitlin Clark. CG, 
the next, uh, the, 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 I don't know, I guess the female equivalent of LeBron James, like, yeah, I, she's amazing. And uh, what a what a NCAA tournament she had last year uh, and facing off against uh, LSU. That was gives me chills. I don't think she's the LeBron James. She's basically the, the Steph Curry of uh, college basketball, if I had to compare it to anything, right? Uh, she's got range outside, all, you know, to the half court. It's pretty cool. Uh, Kate says, you won't get it right, and that's a good thing. Keep trying. It's worth it. Oh, thanks, friend. Steven says, says, 49ers or Chiefs? Ooh, that's a tough one, Steven. You know, I basically gave up after I got the Eagles prediction wrong. Uh, and Chris, no, you haven't messed the animal reading. I'm just answering a bunch of questions first, and I'll get to that in a second. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, upon further review, I kind of think it's going to be the Chiefs. I think that Andy Reid's chart looks really good, and I didn't see anything in Kyle Shanahan's chart and the method that I use with the South Node to suggest that he's going to win the Super Bowl. But I've been wrong in the past, but I, I'm feeling the Chiefs in this one. But we'll see. Okay. Oh, she's an Aquarius stellium. Nice. We're talking about Caitlin Clark. Very true. See, she says, Michael Jordan, I, I, you could be right. She could be the, Michael, the next Michael Jordan of... Women's basketball, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Devin says, Chiefs with a proposal to T-Swift at the 50-yard line. Oh, man, that would be, wow, that would be something, right? I, I, I'm, I'm warming up to that relationship. And, you know, I think that just seeing young people in love is fine. You know, it's good. It's all right. We can, we can support that. Uh, Rachel says, I think it will help us to value the investment of our time, astrological education as well, Spencer. Good. Okay. Uh, KP says, no animal next. <laughs> no, there's an animal. Let's do the animal, friends. So the animal I got for you was very poignant uh, for myself and for the, the, this lunation. I got the, the mountain lion. Um, and I will say that this is one of my personal animal teachers and spirits is the mountain lion. This is probably the one I resonate with the most. I had uh, a sh shaman type person uh, help me with this at one point and the mountain lion came up for me. So I've, I've, I've lived this uh, as a Leo Ascendant and North Node and resonate with this animal as a person who lives on the North American content as well. So let's talk about this mountain lion. Mountain lion is interesting. First of all, it's a predator. It's a hunter. So sometimes we have to hunt big prey. The way I've experienced mountain lion as a, as a teacher is there will be times where I am pursuing uh, an elk, right? There, and where I'm pursuing a big project. And it, it's often it's very much done in secret. Sometimes people won't know until I've, you know, released it that I've been working on this thing. And it takes a lot of energy to get something like that done. Um, I think that the, the mountain lion teaches us that we are pursuing, sometimes we have to, to, to spring into action when we're pursuing something. And then we take, take down the animal, gorge ourselves on the sustenance, and then we have to rest. So I, I feel like mountain lion teaches us timing about sometimes we just absolutely have to spring into action and, and have a, uh, we have to pounce, right? And then other times we need to rest. So our timing as mountain lion type people 
may not look like everyone else's. We may look like we're resting when we're actually hunting. And we may look like we are uh, not doing anything when we're actually just recovering from a big, you know, a big project or a big challenge. The mountain lion also teaches us about responsibility and leadership. And the I Ching really talked about this perfectly when it's talked about to be a great leader, you have to be in, res- in service of the people that you're leading. And Mountain Lion teaches us that. Mountain Lion also teaches us that we should not insist that people follow. This has been a tough lesson for me as a Leo rising, is that when I insist that people follow, I'm, I'm not allowing them their free will to choose whether they will follow or not. So the Mountain Lion teaches us that we uh, can be our most authentic selves and set an example without insisting that people follow. Some people will choose to, and some people won't. Like the things we've been talking about today, some people will choose to sign up and do something like that. Some people won't, and that's okay. And you're, you, you, you shouldn't insist that they do. You give them the option to do so. So in your own life, how can you take on the mantle of responsibility, which when it comes down to it is the ability to respond, responsibility. You see that? I love thinking of it that way. We, we have the ability to, to respond to the needs of our lives, of our current lives, which are sometimes different than the lives that we've lived up to this point. Just an example of all the things I've been talking about today. The way that I conducted my business in the past was possible through having many, many less responsibilities. And that's just not f- feasible moving forward in my current situation. As, as, and may, there may be a situation in your life where you, you can't apply the methods of an old life to your current situation. We all have changes that we have to make in our life, and we, we have to tap into the, the spirit of this mountain lion. And I, I love this picture. Like yeah, Rachel says, I love this imagery, because it's showing this mountain lion at the top of a snowy mountain. It was very Aquarian, right? So sometimes we, the animals will speak to us through the complementary uh, medicine or energy to the placements that we are experiencing. So, so this energy is, a, is complementary to Aquarius. We are going to the top of the mountain so that we can maybe take action. We're observing so that we can pounce on something eventually, right? So yes, Devin says, mountain lion for a Leo rising. Yes, it's very cool. <laughs> yes, it's, it, and you know, and I pull these randomly. Um, Chris says, I can feel it. Yo, good, good. Tracy says, Leo son here with a Leo rising daughter. Yes. I mean, it, it's so amazing to me how this, the, how synchronous much of the divination is. I pull the I Ching randomly and I pull the anim, animal randomly. And it, it, it always has something to teach us that connects with the astrology. Kate says, I hope to see group education enrollment be sustainable for you too. I wanted to be in one so bad. Yes, Absolutely. Kate says, and Mountain Lion, really, sometimes the universe is like Spencer. Yes, I, I, yes. And I, again, I, I'm not lying when I say that this is the, probably my, the animal that I resonate most with as a teacher um, for, for my own life, for better or for worse. Like I, I've, I've learned some tough lessons through Mountain Lion energy um, where sometimes I have to, to not be as intense and sometimes when I'm trying to encourage people, I, I need to, to soften. And, and the, the other lesson I will say about the mountain lion that is important 
is that its prey is a balancing energy. An elk is an animal that can run for miles without getting tired. So there is the lesson of endurance that comes through the mountain lion and its predator-prey relationships as well. So sometimes mountain lion people will exhaust themselves with a burst of energy and then they have to rest. And elk teaches us to, to be in it for the long haul. And Aquarius moon teaches us to be in it for the long haul. Think about how you can sustain energy over time, okay? Oh, let's say public Q&A, Don says, help you limit the time user. Okay, I like that. Uh, do a, co a combo of many of those ideas. Thank you, Scarlett. Nice to see you, friend. Nice to see your friend here, your face here in the chat. I love this feedback. Rachel says, love this imagery. Yes, with the, with the, the snowy mountain lion. So good. Kate says, I'm going to read up on mountain lions today. I hope you do too. It's surprising what you'll find that makes sense. Absolutely. Yes, very focused, Kate says. Yes, I, I've... Yeah, I'd, I feel like sometimes I just like embody this. Um, but again, to, to round out this, don't insist that others follow if you have something new that you're doing. Pace yourself, but don't be afraid to, to, to hunt down what, will, what you need to survive as well. Okay? You ha sometimes you have to be very focused on what you, what you want to survive. Jennifer says, sending good vibes to all and what you want to accomplish. Yes, absolutely. Scarlett says, greatly uh, appreciate your valuable work. Thank you, Scarlett. I appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you, Scarlett, for the super sticker. Appreciate you, friend. Thank you so much for that generous donation. Appreciate you. Uh, CG says, mountain lions definitely can access perspective. Yes, let's get to that higher mountaintop perspective so that we can see the direction that we want to go in. Yes. Okay. Rachel says, I will be carefully re-listening to this segment as it's very helpful to a present challenge in my own. Good, good, friend, good. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, Kate says, there's a hypervigilance to mountain lion. Ooh, man, I resonate with that. If there, I've definitely been a hypervigilant person my entire life, so absolutely. Uh, KP, thank you so much for the super sticker and that generous donation. I appreciate you, friend. Thank you for being here each week, and I appreciate you contributing to the show. Um, really fills my heart up. Just even just the comments and and the, you know, the presence does, but it really does help the the material donations as well. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Say yes. Appreciate you. Uh, Rachel says, Spencer, don't forget to eat either. Cancer rising worry. I had to break to eat well to, to sustain this. Yes, uh, I think that my partner just got home with some food, so I will wrap this up and we will get going. But uh, really appreciate all of you here today, friends. Thank you so much for your attention, for going on a journey with me, for your feedback, uh, for your contributions intellectually. Do me a huge favor, please like and subscribe if you're new. Uh, it, it's so easy to do and it really does help me out here. Um, you can go visit me at spencermichaud.com if you want to sign up for a reading. I love working with you on the individual level. Um, you can also find out when I'm going to be going live again there, and you can sign up for my email list uh, in the description of this video or where you're uh, consuming your podcast content. And then go ahead and follow me at Spencer Michaud uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It's nice connecting with all of you in that regard as well. So that's what I've got for you today, friends. Thank you so much for, for being with us today, and uh, we'll see you the next time, okay? Have a good uh, Aquarius new moon, and... Um, be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. And uh, we'll get through it. And um, we'll have a, a, a beautiful new start with this wonderful spring that is stirring underneath the surface. All right, friends. Take care. Peace.